With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Kia ora, good morning. It is SENZ Breakfast. Well, I would say Baz and Izzy for breakfast, but uh, it's it's Mitch and Ricky for breakfast, really. Mitch McClendigan, Ricardo Ball with you uh, till 11 o'clock today. Morning, Mitch. How you doing? Oh, mate, that combo sounds delicious. It does. It does. Sounds like you're something you get through the, the drive through at McDonald's, doesn't it? Oh, I may have uh, shuffled through there this morning on the way in, <laughs> early starts. So. Well, mochaccino in hand, mate. Mochaccino. Uh, do you go the hash browns? Uh, Bacon, yeah, egg, oh, I'm not going to say that publicly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. 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 You're proud I owner of. Uh, I absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> proud owner of uh, an F45 gym or three. Uh, yeah. You don't want to be, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, giving dietary uh, dietary. Have, advice to, have, to have the to old clients. carbs in the morning, eh, mate? The, uh, carbs in the morning. Well, I suppose if you've got them in the morning, it gives you way longer to burn them off, right? Before you hit the sack again. Oh, considerably more time, mate. Mm. It just makes sense, doesn't it? It does. It does make sense, mate. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was great, actually. Uh, we had a cracking day. Um, our, our little daughter's first first time, um, and I, I got in trouble for for dunking her in the pool oh, at four you? months year, year four four months year old. So yeah, she's uh, yeah, so head under, straight under, oh, straight yeah. under. She didn't cry. Oh, that's good. So that's good. She's still alive as well, which yeah, is positive as well. It's always a bonus. It's yeah. always a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So who did you get in trouble with? Uh, the whole family, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, very, very, uh, Georgia's side of the family is very loving, very caring, and, mm. and my side's a, a little bit more brash. Get in there, mm. see if you're sink or swim, as they As say. it were. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself? Did you a, have a cracker? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was good, mate. It was good. We just uh, we had a quiet start around home. And uh, had the the mother in law pop round and um, called uh, cousin in Tennessee uh, on the on the old FaceTime and called up with her and uh, so they did all that and then uh, went up to some friends I've uh, got a new place up in Hobsonville Point they wanted to they oh, were hosting hosting um, Christmas Day so went up there and hung out with them and oh man honestly though it was just like everybody it was one of those it was, it was perfect there was one bowl of salad. At this place, and then there was about five different meat options. Good, you know, good. and then there good were, Kiwi Christmas, and there were two different potato options. <laughs> there was the proper roasted and goose fat roast potatoes, yep. and then there was kind of more of a potato, not potato, cold potato salad. salad. Like yeah. A, yeah, wasn't bit like of mayonnaise. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It was just the potatoes on their own, cut in half with a little bit of butter and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, the old so Wendy's uh, potato, yeah, hot, hot, hot potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, 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 that type of deal. So we had 
turkey with uh, cranberry stuffing. We had I, I, a mate of mine um, has got a company that does ribs, like the barbecue southern oh. style ribs. Oh. And so I bought a rack of ribs from home, and so we put them in. So we had ribs, we had this turkey, we had uh, these sausages with uh, blue vein cheese wrapped in bacon, so like devil sausage, uh, like what do they call pigs in yep. a blanket with those. Uh, what else did we have? There was something else as well. There was, uh, honestly, there was like five types of meat. I, I was in a meat coma by about five. I was just, I <laughs> couldn't the sweats, move. the sweats by eight. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't move. I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> ah, you know. That sounds uh, like I, a great I, Christmas. Yeah, mate, it was, uh, yeah, it was superb, so. I cannot complain, mate. I cannot complain. And uh, did did Santa look after you, or or are you Santa? Uh, I'm mainly Santa, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, the wife uh, got me some new t-shirts, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be outgrowing the old ones. So yeah. just need it's, to upgrade man, the wardrobe a little bit. It's all those gym sessions. You, I understand that you were doing uh, an intensive two and a half hour workout Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Got sent. Uh, well, sent. You know, told to go to the gym by the wife, so you know, indulged. Yeah, just get me out of the way. Indulged in a f- few too many pre-Christmas, and oh. you know, you just got to you got to also bank a few for Christmas, don't you? I wouldn't yeah. be, you know, I think if the boys were here right now, Izzy and Bears, they'd be they'd be saying you got to earn those credits. So that's all I was doing, Ricardo. You were earning the credits. Earning the credits. Two and a half mate. hours is a long time after you've had a couple. <laughs> Yeah, I had had a, more than a couple actually. Um, so it was just a, it was one of those um, Tour de France scenarios where you, mm. you just think, well, you know, I'll go in there. It's it's like a performance enhancing thing, yeah, Ricardo. Right. So uh, I thought I'll go in there, pump out a few PBs, and uh, was wasn't far off, wasn't far off. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so were you were you on the assault bike? <laughs> <laughs> no, getting out. <laughs> no, no. Almost <laughs> well, certainly wasn't. Yeah, no, geez, no, one, no one jumps on the assault bike of their own volition, do they? No, absolutely not. I, just, I might just do that one day. Just rock up in full cycling kits and get on the assault <laughs> bike. Put the old Oakleys on the helmet and the whole just, lot. <laughs> just give give the gym some entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, do the whole have have the kit, pull the banana out, eat it like you're on the road, and then just flick the skin over your shoulder. <laughs> Jeez, I think I'll get booted out of the gym, that's for You're sure. Booted out of your own gym, you reckon? Ah, uh, no, no, I'll go somewhere else for, oh, for the old weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get uh, get under the racks, wear a bit more functional stuff, but, um, you know, just quick circuit stuff, and then under the heavy weights I'll uh, go somewhere else. Just peace of mind as well, mate, just new environment and mm. get away from work sometimes. <laughs> Got to be done. Got to be done. Yeah. Now, Christmas Day for a lot of people extends into Boxing Day because, mm. you know, you got extended families and things like that, so... What did Boxing Day look like at the McLennigan household? Uh, Boxing Day was quiet, actually. Uh, to be fair, I was at home trying to prep for this because I've been sweating bullets, mate. Um, you know, we had a good good first show, and I thought, well, I'd better turn up second time round and we better go whoosh this time around. So yeah, yeah, it's mainly cool. panicking about that. <laughs> and then the wife giving me the hard word later in the night that I wasn't uh, giving her enough attention on Boxing Day. So... I've got I've got a few flowers to buy on the way home today. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think Ricardo, what you, they, yourself. What do they call those the, the doghouse roses. The doghouse roses. <laughs> Jeez, it's going to cost me a bit this week. I think. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yourself, what'd you get up to? Uh, we just went up to uh, my folks because I didn't see them Christmas Day, so we went up to see them on Boxing Day yesterday up oh, in Walkworth. Nice. So they're they're up there. So we we bailed up there and um, did yeah Christmas with the olds and uh, and my cousin and uh, her family. I haven't seen her for. a for donkeys because she's been living over in Aussie and stuff. So how was the old traffic at that little tea? <laughs> tea Man, honestly, they um, it's it's not so much the tea. The tea that was alright. It's the tunnel. It's the tunnel. Oh yeah, you know it's that it's you go north, and it's like three lanes of motorway. you know up to at, at times I think it's even four. You got mm. merging traffic. Perfect, and then you get to the tunnel and it's one lane, 
<laughs> so everything stops, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean. But yeah. is there a bike lane through there? No bike lane, mate. No <laughs> bike lane. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's literally. <laughs> so you get to the you get to the top of the hill just uh, around the bend or just before the bend it stopped, before the bend where you see the front of the tunnel. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were sat there for about half an hour oh, probably to get through the tunnel. You know, yeah, Not even I'm, a checkpoint inside as well. <laughs> Hey, that's the other thing, actually. I, I don't know if, if, you, if you know how much driving you did, but on on Christmas Day, um, I shot up to Walkworth to see Mum and Dad quickly mm. for maybe an hour and then shot back down. and then um, So drove Walkworth and back, and then and I'm in Seattle too, so West Auckland, and then from Seattle to uh, Hobsonville Point and back. Done and some miles. And then yesterday, Walkworth and back again, I, I haven't. I didn't see one cop in two days. Oh, really? I did not see one cop in two days. I Crazy. was, you know, you always kind of keep an eye out when you're on the motorway, and you know, you're going, oh, you know, the traffic's flying pretty well. Yeah. There's not too much around me. I can maybe I can get away with one twenty, uh, but you're always keeping an eye. Didn't see anything, man. Didn't yeah, see one you're cop. actually right. You're pretty local. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, the only stuff I've seen is um, actually the Flatbush. They were heard yeah. in the headlines. Um, woke up in the middle of the night thinking that our washing machine was on. Like, right. I thought I'll just come off. <laughs> I was like, what's my wife doing washing at 4 a.m. in the morning? And so I go up, take a piss, and I was like, oh, no, it's not our washing machine. It's next-door neighbours. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, what, geez, the washing machine needs a little bit of a change. Yeah. Need to get a new washing machine. Go and knock on their door. But then it was a helicopter. Ah. It's just encircling, circled around our house for about two and a half hours. So um, that was pretty freaky. And then wake up to, to hear what had been going, been going on. on. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty scary. Well, you see, the thing is that... That doesn't generally worry people in West Auckland, mate, <laughs> because uh, the police helicopter is uh, wins Bird of the Year in West Auckland every year. It's it's it's, it's our it's our biggest most popular native. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always over Tiaratu, mate. It's always over Tiaratu. You always hear it up there. So oh, we're getting it a bit lately, actually. It's uh, you know, it's uh, entertainment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, keen to hear what you did though for Christmas. Uh, what was what was your Christmas Boxing Day like? What was the highlight for you? Uh, you can give us a call 0800 or you can flick us a text through double eight double three and let us know where you're listening to SENZ. Give us your name as well. How was Christmas for you guys? Um, I really want to uh, touch base and and see how that went and uh, and what you got away with. What you got away with? How was Santa good to you? Uh, Did you earn brownie points? Uh, give us, give us the skinny. 0800 150811. 0800 150811. Or you can uh, text us on double three. Of course, uh, the Kennards phone line. 0800 150811. It is 7:13 here on SENZ Breakfast. It is Mitch and Ricky for breakfast. Breakfast, uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast normally, but it's Mitch uh, McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you. Uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. You can hit us on the Kennards Higher phone line, 0800 150811, anytime you like. Uh, throughout the show, we're here with you through till 11 o'clock. And uh, Mitch, yesterday, of course, Boxing Day, uh, generally a little bit more chilled. And, of course, uh, we had the start of the third test between England and Australia for the Ashes as well. How much of this did you catch? Yeah, quite a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably one of my favourite days of the year. Actually, um, it's quite nice that uh, New Zealand cricket decided not have a Boxing Day test this year. Um, must be something to do with the viewers might all shuffle over to the the Aussie I, Aussie test. I was wondering. We I was on with Beaver before Christmas, and we were talking about it. And I reckon because they tried it. Remember, they tried it at the Basin. But I wonder whether or not, when it comes to TV revenue, trying to compete selling your test 
expect overseas TV when there's a Boxing Day test out of Australia on might be tough going. Uh, particularly when it's an Ashes game. Yeah. So say they were playing Sri Lanka or something like that, I reckon definitely uh, we're probably Have getting a, a Boxing Day test. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right. I think competing with a Boxing Day Ashes test in Melbourne, obviously, uh, pretty tough work. Um, so, mate, I, I was great viewing. Um, it was nice not to have to flick the channel too often. Um, but, again, the pops, <laughs> they're just up against it, eh? They made That's, four changes, didn't they? Four changes. So, Zach Crawley comes in at the top. Zach Crawley, Rory Burns out. Yeah. Um, then, obviously, the, the big one Michael Vaughan fired up about was Stuart Broad's omission. Yeah, that um, was an interesting one for me. Do you reckon he's been dropped? Well, it looks like it. It looks yeah. like it at, at the minute, which which surprised me. It's, I don't know where the pressure's coming from. Um, you know, I know they don't have a huge selection panel, um, so maybe there's just been just a call from for change um, from back home. Um, they obviously brought Jack Leach in because they've been getting some criticism that they weren't playing a spinner. But then you look at the wicket yesterday. You know, if anyone's going to get anything out of that with a new ball, it's going to be Stuart Broad, particularly the two left-handers. Mm. And generally, in series gone past, he's had, had um, David Warner's number, who's been their best batter so far this uh, this tournament. Uh, sorry, this series. So, you know, it, it is a strange one. Even Wokes, um, look, I don't think Wokes he bowled too bad. He adds a bit of batting. He got depth. a bit of tap though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But he adds. He's he's that uh, four seamer. You know, he's yeah. so you, you want your work. You want. Anderson, Broad, Mark Wood, or Robinson to do the, do the brunt of the work, and then he but but he was doing the workman's stuff during those first couple of series, actually trying to be that partnership breaker along with Stokes. So, you know, it's just maybe just a little bit down on confidence. Them all coming out of their winter, obviously, but geez, the Aussies look good. Um, you know, to have Pat Cummings back. Um, he was phenomenal. I know he was very, very frustrated that have to sit out a whole week uh, with that with that <laughs> bizarre COVID uh, close contact. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll be signing into too many restaurants in, in the future. Not not uh, during this series anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'd say that's it. What did you make actually of the Australian? We talked about the, the English changes. Mm. But the Australian change of mm. Jai Richardson. I thought he went all right, but they dropped him and brought Scotty Boland in. Yeah, they did. I don't know if that's a workload thing. Um, again, uh, it just seems bizarre um, that they've they've changed straight away. But Scott Boland, um, maybe maybe the Aussies are that confident that they feel like they're actually going to use this series to blood a few new players um, and see what they've got going forward. And this might be the transition period as a few guys start to make their way out towards the end. And, and I guess they need to know if someone like Hazelwood goes down, as he has done in this series, yeah. um, who their next guy is. So they've tried Nessa, they've tried Richardson, and they giving Scott Boland, who's coming off a really good start to their Sheffield Shield uh, season so far. And what a what better place for a Victorian to, to make his debut. The and G. A, <laughs> the G and a Boxing Day Ashes series. And, and hey, he didn't do himself a disservice. I see Maxwell all over Twitter saying um, Joe Root um, now knows what it's like to face uh, Boland and Nets for, for the Vicks every, every day, getting a good working of the box and the inner thigh pad and the, <laughs> and the thigh pad. So I thought he, uh, he definitely uh, did himself proud. Yeah, he did. He, I thought he went really well. Actually, on Joe Root, uh, it's it's an interesting situation he finds himself in. Personally, he's currently fourth on the list for most runs scored by a batter in a calendar year, right? Yeah. Um, after that first innings of 50, he's 109 off uh, Muhammad Yusuf's mark from 2006, right? So if he gets if he can score a ton in the second uh, second uh, innings, he could break that record. But on the other hand, he's got that going on. England are one defeat away from equaling the record for the most def- uh, test losses in a calendar year, which is currently held by Bangladesh with nine. 
Oh wow! And I saw some, some another bizarre stat. Was it 50, 50 ducks in a calendar year or something for for a team or, or something oh, like really? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's some some absurd number. Um, look, uh, Joe Root, that's um, pretty impressive to to be put yourself into position to be able to top that calendar year run scoring. Maybe that and that kind of makes a bit more sense with his comments pre-test that he was feeling in a good form, that he was going to go out and score 100. Um, obviously, maybe he has that, that milestone in, in, in mind, but it'll be interesting to have a chat. I think we've got um, David Lloyd on, on the show Come a little up. bit later yeah, yeah. and get his thoughts on what's going on with that side of the minute. The shot he played to get out, he looked in such control. But then when Milan was gone, it kind of looked to me as though he felt like he, he needed to score the runs. Um, and that he's got a little bit of lack of confidence in the batters around him, and it was just a shot from nowhere, really, for his dismissal, and then just a bit of a collapse. Bearstow tried to put up a bit of a fight, but you know can't do it with with either the form or, or the confidence um, in that camp at the minute. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I had this conversation uh, with someone the other day about Ben Stokes batting at five because I it feels too high for mm. me. I mean, you know, but I, I was Andrew McGlashan, it was from Crick Info. Um, who's an Englishman living in Australia, writing about the Ashes. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 he's our second-best batsman behind Joe Root, so he needs to be at five. Uh, but that, to me, the, the English batting depth looks really, really weak. Yeah. I I tend to agree with you. I, I think Ben Stokes, he, he strikes me as a, a bit more of a, like a Colin de Gronholm type player that we have obviously here in New Zealand and even yeah. Daryl Mitchell when they when they bat at six or seven um, they can really take a game away from you and just giving that extra extra person who might chew up 40 30 to 40 50 balls take a little bit more shine out of that ball you saw yesterday which I think this is why I think five might be a touch too high for Ben Stokes mm -hmm. in those conditions yesterday he made a couple of movements which I found interesting watching as a bowler. He The first ball he walked at Pat Cummings, so he's walked down the wicket because he didn't want him to let him settle on a length because he obviously felt like Pat Cummings was bowling well and the ball was moving around enough, and he sits back the next ball waiting for a short ball to try and get a scoring option. And to me, a test cricketer, test five, you know, it's a positive option. He's trying to get the bowler to bowl where he wants to, but to have that mindset that, like, if someone just settles in on a good length, obviously wasn't super confident of him being able to leave or defend those good balls from Pat Cummings. So it's either massive respect for Pat Cummings or, you know, it's just where he feels like his game is and he needs to get on the front foot and attack to be able to survive. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it really does feel like you could have somebody else at five, and Stokes, you know, batting not necessarily with a tail, but like you say, you know, at six or seven, and they just give themselves that, that much more depth. Like, you know, it's, I I don't know if it's just because they don't have anyone. Well, Johnny Besto is capable of batting five. Mm. You know, there's no reason like he couldn't bat ahead of Ben Stokes. There's absolutely no reason that he can't do that. Um, and that being said, um, even Johnny towards the top of the order, I, I know he does it in the, in the limited overs game, but yeah. you know, the way he came out and left the ball yesterday, he was, he was a very, very good judge of a leave, um, and he was the best out of their whole lineup yesterday in terms of judging a leave um, and, and making them come to him a little bit more. So, you know, he showed, showed me yesterday that he's, he's got the ability to be able to, to bat towards the top of the order. Um, but geez, geez, that, that would be clutching. Um, that would be clutching in terms of another rig jig um, in this series. You know, you, you kind of got to, at the start of the series, you pick your best side and the side that th thinks going to win a series and change it after two games. They've made multiple changes most games. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it doesn't sit right. It was interesting, I thought, um, that Chris Silverwood, the England coach, said after before this test 
that uh, if he had the op- opportunity again, he wouldn't make any selection changes from the first two tests. And then makes four. And then makes four for this one. It's like, what is... <laughs> What are you talking about? What's going on there? (laughs) What is that? I mean, like, if you're a player in that squad and you've been done in the first two tests and your coach comes out and says, if I had the time over again, I wouldn't make any changes to the squad. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, then, like you say, third test, four changes. Yeah. I'm I'm not buying that, are you? Uh, Well, I know since between making those comments and the start of this test, they had a, a pretty strong review in the change room from all accounts, just what you hear in the media. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine that maybe some of the reactions he got out of those honest conversations weren't the direction or the the kind of speak that he wanted to hear from players who are going into a game and a must-win game. So, you know, it could just be – it could potentially – be, I'm only speculating here, mm. but sometimes as a coach or a captain, um, guys will get an idea of where someone's at mentally um, through having those debriefs and those conversations and maybe just didn't hear what he wanted to hear and, and they were forced changes because maybe the, the players weren't in the right mind sp- mind sp- mindset, mind space. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm with you. Yeah, 7.28 here on SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball in for Baz and Izzy uh, for the next couple of weeks. The Kenna's higher phone line is 0800 1508 11 and you can text us on double eight double three if you want to get your thoughts across on what's happening in the ashes at the moment now we do have uh some premier league football going on at the moment and i can tell you uh man there's been some goals scored this morning manchester city were four nil up against leicester leicester came back and made it four three manchester city won six three in the end arsenal beat norwich five nil away Tottenham beat uh, Crystal Palace 3-0. Palace had Wolf Zaha sent off in the first half. Southampton got up over West Ham at, in London at West Ham uh, 3-2. Southampton win for them. And it's half time at the moment between Aston Villa and Chelsea. And it is uh, currently one apiece. If it stays that way, that'll be the fifth Premier League game in a row that Chelsea have drawn. So... Uh, Keep an eye on that uh, for a stat uh, for you. It is 7.29 here on SENZ uh, Breakfast. Uh, coming up before 8 o'clock, uh, we're, we're basically we're doing 7 till 11 rather than 6 till 10. So it's we're shifting everything back slightly. So Quizzy Dag, as we like to call it, even though... Quizzy is uh, is on holiday. Uh, we will bring that up. That's coming uh, up in the next uh, half of uh, this hour. And uh, we're also going to be hearing from uh, Louis as well. That man never gets a day off. He is coming on uh, to talk some thoroughbred racing as well with uh, loveracing.co.nz. And uh, time now uh, for News and Sport with Karen. It's SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy are away, of course, uh, for a couple of weeks. So you've got Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you through till 11 o'clock today. Coming up shortly, uh, Quizzy Dag. You can take on, I was going to say the Is Master, but the Is Master's not here, so it's uh, the Me Master. Uh, we've got uh, a $50 bonus bet with a TAB that you could win. 
Uh, that is coming up, and uh, uh, now it's time to talk uh, some racing action. Of course, a big day of uh, racing at Ellerslie yesterday, and uh, the Boxing Day races uh, went uh, really well. Actually, I was, I was talking to Mark Clayton, who, Clayton's a great for a tip, great for a tip, and of course uh, does the Good Oil Show here on SENZ. And he is—he uh, he gave me a few decent tips uh, yesterday, Mitch. So that that helped. That helped the the old TAB account. Uh, another bloke who I'm sure his TAB account looks very healthy at the moment is the man that never rests, that never takes a day off. Uh, the man they call the hyphen. He's normally in this seat for the breakfast show. Louis Herman, what? G'day, mate. How you doing? Yeah, no, not uh, the TAB account's not that healthy. I'm fighting for it, but the TAB account—it's tough day. <laughs> I mean. It was it was a tough day, but it was a good day. Uh, Tiptronic, absolutely, just it was a perfect ride for Ashford Good and Basami out in front in the Zabil Classic, the Group One yesterday, Rick. So um, knocked off to Alyssa, who was flying late. That was where my money was at the end mm. of the day. Um, but Ashford Good and Basami, I mean, great news story here about a no, a guy. This is his first Group One. A young guy who's worked so hard to get to this point, and and uh, Graham Richardson, who is Brendan McCullum's neighbour. Win the group one, another group one for Richie and Tiptronic, which is a yeah, it's a really cool story. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. I mean, to elicit was where most of the money was, I think, uh, with Vinnie Colgan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just storming home late. I mean, she got the split. She came out through. She kind of came through the middle of the field. It was yeah. He probably would have liked to have her out a bit earlier, but you know, in group one, the jockeys kind of ride against each other, and uh, Tiptronic just off the top, just kind of got a bit of an easier time and. You know, we did kind of speak about in the mail run that the track was going to be so firm and it's been so hot in Auckland that it was going to be hard to make up a lot of ground, and we did see that. Paranui Bay and the Uncle Remus stakes did make ground, but still couldn't catch on the bubbles, and that he was in front. And it was if you were in front of your key rivals at the turn and then at the 400, 200, 100, you're going to be very hard to stop. So, Louis, uh, I listened to you yesterday, actually, about that, and you said there was a few uh, races that were wide open um, and you could make a bit of cash on them. Um, I'm picking you, d- you didn't make some cash on those wide open fields yesterday. Nah, well, no, I did, but then I gave it back. Um, <laughs> so it's a, season right. of, it's a season of giving, Louis. It's good. It's fine. It's good. It's good to churn. We call it churn. So you managed to have a long, fun day on the punt, but... Probably I'm a little bit afraid to open the accounts this morning. I think it should be a bit more in there than it probably is. But look, that, that's what happens. Um, kind of get lulled into it, and you keep bunting throughout the day. We maybe you should turn the taps off on yourself. But no, no, it was a, there. There were wide open races, and there were winners to be found. Um, yeah, no, no, some great performances by some by Tiakao Shock again. Festivity was awesome. They quinella that the hallmark stud with Vamos Baby. So I did have the Quinn there and. The right horse is winning, I think. It's just, um, yeah, a day where New Year's Day might be a bit easier. We might have a bit more of a read on the track. Um, but, yeah, Boxing Day, what a, what a day. And down country, Awapuni, Wigatui, there were people on track. There was some idiot that took his kit off at Awapuni and ran down the track. Did you guys see that? No, missed <laughs> that. Missed that, Louis. Oh, oh, go try to find that. It, absolute clown. Can't, <laughs> can't endorse it. No, Absolutely, of course not. But, but um, yeah. Yeah, he was full, full, full cut off, and he was flying around the big stallion. Oh, terrible! Yeah, <laughs> uh, fair to say he didn't win by a length. 
So you're saying Jarvo's Jarvo's made his way down to New Zealand, has he? Yeah, 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 Jarvo. Not a length, but a very, very small margin. Yeah, very small margin. Uh, Just a nose in it. Hey, um, now, Louis, uh, New Plymouth, uh, there's some action today. You got any tips for us before we let you go? Oh, I actually do. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, listening. I actually do. Imagine this. Uh, Contribute race number... Ooh, six, six, five, five or six. Sorry, I'm not looking at my computer. But um, you contribute race five or six. Multi it with Alhambra Lad, Alan Sharrick's runner in race seven, I think. I could have my races one or two off here, but contribute in Alhambra Lad for Robbie Patterson and Alan Sharrick respectively. Yeah, go real good. So number yep. three, contribute that. That's uh, Craig Gill's uh, Grills writing that. Uh, Bears younger brother, and uh, that uh, is in race five. Today, the Peter Soul Transport 1400. And who'd you say the other horse was to multi that with? Alhambra Lad. I think in race maybe seven. And it should be about, I don't know, we'll be getting like $380.70 to probably multi oh, with yeah. the place and to take, take it to win as well. Yeah, they're both, uh, both horse three. So horse three, race five, horse three, race seven. Multi those up and uh, take it to the bank of uh, Louis Herman Watt. Is that what you That's what you're telling us? Yeah. I mean, that's what I am telling you, but, you know, be wary. Be wary. <laughs> be, be wary. Be very wary. Hey, good stuff. No, none of that. It's a good multi. It's a good, it's a good All right, good stuff, Louis. And how was your, how was your Christmas Boxing Day, bro? Um, oh, just so merry, you know. What a great time of year. Don't we love it? Yeah, we're, we're about we're to, we're to just spend it. Oh, um, in Parnell, just at home. Just probably, at home. Probably, probably at work, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> well, some of it was possibly at work. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, that was good, mate. The weather's been brilliant, isn't it? And yesterday I went down, I had a silly racing at Alice yesterday, so I went down and watched her. She ran well, and then um, we had, actually had a couple, heard you guys talking about Clay, because he didn't have to work yesterday on the Saturday, so I went and watched the races with Clay off his place. A couple of beers, lovely. Nice, mate. Sounds, sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. And was Santa good? Um... Yeah, was Santa good? He's kind of, I mean, Rick, Christmas is for kids, really, isn't it? You kind of realise that. <laughs> Sounds like Santa forgot about you. <laughs> What's going on, Louis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, all right. We'll, we'll make it up. We'll get it back on Alhambra Lad and uh, on you today. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Well, I've just I've just chucked a uh, a multi on uh, for for that. I've gone each way actually. I've gone on each way multi. So hopefully, I'll get I'll learn something. So, oh, mate. Well, you're going to be doing this show, mate. You've got to, as Izzy Dags is, always on the nose, never on the tail, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Louis. Go well, mate. And uh, we'll, we'll actually have some time off the station. I know it doesn't happen very often, but uh, I think you're allowed the no, next just, few hours just off. Just keep calling me. Just yeah, we'll see you tomorrow, eh? Right? Same time tomorrow. <laughs> just, just tell the lads to keep calling me. <laughs> okay. Dags, why don't they call an hour earlier? Why don't you just start an hour earlier so you can call me? Sure. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, we are. We are, we're doing seven to eleven till Wednesday, mate, and then it's six to ten Thursday, Friday. So you might get your wish later in the week. Seven to eleven, and kids has called me in the earliest hour. Perfect. Yeah, obviously, obviously. <laughs> well, we wanted to start strong, Louis. You see. <laughs> good, good stuff, mate. Go well. Yeah, Louis Herman Watt there with us. Uh, thoroughbred owners, share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Enter at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for your chance to win a 10% share in a racehorse. T's and C's apply. Up next, it's time for Quizzy Dag. You can take on, well, not 
is he? Because he's not here. You can take on ours, Mitch and I, and win yourself a $50 bonus bet with a TAB. Call us now on that Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 150 0800 150 It's SENZ Breakfast. Baz and Izzy, of course, are on holiday, so you've got Mitch McLennan and Ricardo Ball with you for the next couple of weeks on Breakfast. It is time for Quizzy Dag. If you want to play and win yourself a $50 TAB bonus bet, give us a call now on 0800 150 811, 0800 150 and uh, it could be you winning that $50 TAB bonus bet. And are you feeling it, Jordan? It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Hey, hey. Search Ashley and Martin today. Ah, uh, good, good stuff. Okay, here we go, you mate. Uh, uh, we'll let we'll let Quizzy Dag sing, shall we? But good luck to our quizzies, cause the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811, now give it a go. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I'm good now, I'm good now. All right, we're good now. Jordan, uh, you, 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 did you have a good Christmas, brother? Ah, uh, you wasn't too bad, pretty hot. Yeah, mate, it's pretty warm all right at the moment, isn't it? Uh, do, you, do you get to watch much cricket yesterday? Uh, a little bit off and on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. All right, mate. Well, you, you should should be able to nail this one. Then here's your first question. For a $50 TAB bonus bet, who top scored for England at the MCG yesterday? Uh, Joe Root. Yeah, correct. He got 50. Nice. Good work. Uh, the, the NBA, mate. LeBron James has now broken the record for the most points on Christmas Day. Whose record did he break yesterday? Um... Oh, the LA Lakers guy. What's his name? It died. What's um? Yep, you're right. Helicopters. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe well Bryant. done, brother. Well done. Nice, nice help. Nice help to give give a little bit, bit of a push there, mate. We'll get, get you over the line. Now uh, this was in the news, so hopefully you were listening to Karen reading the news. Uh, Hannah Wilkinson plays for the Football Ferns, of course. Uh, she also plays for Melbourne City. She set the record last night for the most goals in an A League women's match with five. Who'd she score them against? Um, oh, I heard that. It was, um, she, was it, she plays for Melbourne City. Um, yeah, she does, yep. Oh, Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I'll have to pass. You'll have to pass. You don't. You don't want to have a. Don't want to have a stab. Oh, he's already dunged you. All right. You don't want to have a stab. All right. So Jordan's not going to. Oh. You, you, you're gone, buddy. Sorry, mate. Um, and uh, I think is that, is that us for Quizzy Dag today? What do we do? What do we do? We just. Uh, oh, no, Kieran's jumping on. He's Kieran's going to answer the rest of our questions, Mitch. It's uh, yeah. It's a bit of bit of a strange one. We've uh, obviously the. Boxing Day celebrations mm. got a bit much. People still recovering from their uh, food comas. <laughs> what I think we might do, if, if we don't get a call with them, this, this one's a good one, Rick. If you yeah. want to give us a little clue yeah. for this next one, um, if we don't get someone to come and claim this $50 TAB bonus bet, yeah. I reckon what we do is we'll, we'll put them together and tomorrow we'll go for a $100 jackpot. Oh, I like it. We'll tee them up. I like it. Now, uh, we, did, uh, we did have a text through about that streaker on the course as well. Uh, Tony Lee, the commentator, had said just before the start of the streaker, uh, just the start of the streaker race, that they'd managed the crowd very well. <laughs> now, I, I read that text and I thought, they had a streaker race? Um, 
Now that that's entertainment on Boxing Day. Uh, now we uh, we've got Murray on the line uh, for Quizzy Dag. How you doing, Murray? You all right, bud? Good. Good. All right. Here's the third question for you, mate. So you've already got two in the bank, thanks to Jordan. Hannah Wilkinson, the football fern, set the record for the most goals in a uh, A League women's match yesterday with five. Who did she score them against? Victory, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a victory, mate. Well done. Question four. Which team has the best record in the NFL this season? <sighs> we'll never clue, bud. You want to have a, have a guess? No, we'll never clue. No, I'm not, I don't follow it. Okay. Sorry. All right, Murray, no worries. Uh, we got Richie up next. Richie, do you follow the NFL much, buddy? Oh, no. All right. Well, do you know, you know an NFL team that you're willing to throw, throw in there that. to have a crack? No, a couple, yep. Um, so which team has got the best record in the NFL this season? Tampa Bay. Not Tampa Bay, mate, sorry, no. No, they're there or thereabouts, yeah. but they're not at the top. But go well, Richie. Uh, Tom, g'day, Tom. G'day, mate, how's it going? Yeah, mate, how's uh, how's sunny Christchurch? Oh, nice and warm down here, as always. Nice, beautiful, mate, beautiful. Which team has the best record in the NFL this season? Go the Chiefs. Not the Kansas Chiefs, sorry, mate. They've had a they've had a bumpy ride this season. Actually, the Chiefs they haven't gone particularly well, have they? They uh, they they lost a few. Uh, look, I think that's it. Uh, so we're going to bring them back tomorrow. You go, Mitch. Yeah. Jackpot, one hundred bucks tomorrow could be yours. Uh, Tab bonus bet vouchers. That was uh, Quizzy Dag. Uh, not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. Up next, it's Trudy's World. NZ, four away from eight with uh, Ricardo and uh, and Mitch McLennigan. Of course, uh, we are in for the boys, uh, Baz and Izzy, for the next couple of weeks. Can tell you just updating some live sport. Uh, Chelsea currently lead Aston Villa two goals to one. Romelu Lukaku has scored in that one. Uh, to add to all the other goals we've had this morning in the Premier League. And uh, off the back of the uh, Green Bay Packers question from Quizzy Dag, we should update some of the uh, the live NFL action going on. There's a whole bunch of games today. Uh, the Bills lead the Pats. That's a big uh, game in the East. Uh, that is 10-7 at the moment. The Pats lead that division, but uh, that'll be that's always a, an arm wrestle, those two. No score between the Giants and the Eagles in the same division. The Rams and the uh, Vikings. The Rams lead uh, the Minnesota 10 to nothing. The Bucks are 10-6 up against the Panthers. The Jets 13-9 up against the Jags. And the Falcons 7-3 up against the Lions. Chargers 12-7 up against the Texans and the Ravens are down 17-7. The Ravens have really gone off the boil this season. Uh, they are losing to the Bengals later on today. The Bears take on the Seahawks. Uh, the Steelers play the Chiefs and the Broncos play. I was going to say my Raiders, but I think I need our, to say our, our Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> the our whole Raiders. Crew. I came into the came into the <laughs> office today, Mitch. You're wearing a Raiders cap. I'm wearing Raiders shorts. Karen's wearing a Raiders cap. Brian's a Raiders fan. Uh, so there's four Raiders fans in the house. Uh, seven and seven going up against the Denver Broncos, who have got the same record. And of course, record. a divisional rival as well, uh, the Broncos. Well, fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> fingers crossed. Mate, it's been, a, it's been an up-and-down season for the Raiders, isn't it? It has. I mean, they got off to a great start. You probably were in the same boat as me, just thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, we, yeah. We're going long. We're going long. And then, obviously, the John Gruden scandal 
uh, which kind of rocked the boat a bit. Yeah, and, uh, derailed well, uh, Good news out today that um, they're chasing um, Tam- Tampa Bay's defensive coach. Oh, that'd uh, be yeah, good. Todd Bowles yeah. as, uh, as maybe eyeing him as uh, head coach for next season or, yeah. or even coming in towards the end of this. So, uh, you know, that, that'll be a positive move. Yeah, the Raiders, for me, are a bit like the Warriors. It's always next season's our season, you know. They're like they're, they're always developing. They're always developing. It's always a rebuild. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. And you live yeah. out of my area, mate. You, you, you see the Warriors flag or, or a Raiders flag flown in the car, or a Tongan flag. So yeah, you know that's that's what goes around my neighbourhood at the minute. <laughs> yeah, mate. Raiders are popular, bro. I reckon they'd be the most supported NFL team in New Zealand if you went by merch. Well, yeah, you've only got to walk into Culture Kings, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all that's on the shelves. Um, no, I think uh, I think a lot of that probably not had to, didn't have to do with the NFL as such, but probably just straight out of Compton. Yeah, it was. You know, say, what, a, what a great film. Not so much the NFL, more the NWA. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, this is uh, the SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Of course, those boys are on holiday. You've got Ricardo, Paul, Mitch McClinigan with you for the next couple of weeks. Right now it's time for... News and sport with Kubota together. We are shipping, uh, shaping and building New Zealand. Tell you what, craving a McCafe coffee right now. Coming up 8 o'clock, Karen's here with News and Sport. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Kia ora, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, well, except it's not. It's uh, Mitch McClendig and Ricardo Ball for breakfast on SENZ. I hope you're doing well, Aotearoa, and uh, have enjoyed your Christmas break. Uh, keen to hear from you about your Christmas break. How did it go? What did you get up to? What was your Christmas highlight the last couple of days? Uh, you can text us double eight double three double eight double three, or call us uh, on the uh, Kennard's Higher phone line 0800 150 as well. Coming up shortly, uh, we're going to be joined by a bit of a legend of, uh, of cricket, a bit of a legend of the sport, David Lloyd. Good stuff for that. Yeah. I, re- I actually really am, mate. Um, you know, it's not often you actually, as a player, you get to have too much of a conversation with some of these legends and particularly, um, you know, what he's done over such a long period of time um, with the guys he commentated with, with Botham and, and Gower and, and Michael Holding. They were, they were just like in your lounge. It just doesn't feel the same anymore, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I reckon uh, they, uh, we, need to, we need to bring them back. And uh, we, we, so we're bringing them back via SENZ, uh, the man they call Bumble, David Lloyd. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I've just been saying the weather's atrocious. It's absolutely horrendous here in the UK. It, it doesn't really get light any time during the day, and it's freezing cold and it's pouring down, but I'm OK. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. So long as you're staying warm, uh, David, and I mean, at, at my place last night, I was I was away for most of the day yesterday and got home at about 6.30 at night, and inside our house, it was 27 degrees at 6.30 at night, so it, it kind of had the opposite problem. It was, a, it was like walking into a sauna. Well, we've got zero degrees here, and I've just got myself a nice glass of malt whiskey just to warm me up a bit. Nice, nice. Are you? Uh, what's your preference? What's your go-to uh, on the scotch? Well, I like a, a, an Islay, just at quite mm. a mild. Bunnerhaven is, is a bit of a favourite. A Bunnerhaven 12-year-old is quite nice. 
Quite nice, quite nice and smooth. Uh, smooth like those dulcet tones you was over, and you'll be very happy, I guess. So that takes the the, the attention away from the Ashes. Uh, your beloved Aki Stanley getting a win over Rotherham. Uh, another War of the Roses victory as well today. I mean, that is a massive win for us. Rotherham are a good team. I've not been able to go and watch them this year because of COVID. COVID is out of control here in the UK, as you probably know. Mm. And so... Um, it's a bit restricted as to where you can go and what venues you can attend. And I'm, I'm sort of that age that, you know, I'm a bit vulnerable, so I, I tend to stay away. Better safe than sorry, mate. Better safe than sorry, you know. Um, that's I, I think it's probably a, probably a smart move. Now, we, we do want to talk some ashes with you. I, I, I wasn't sure if uh, you'd, you'd want to talk it, mate, given the way things are going. I mean, uh, what did you make of Chris Silverwood's claim a few days ago that um, if he had his time over again, he wouldn't change anything about the team he selected for the first two tests and then turns around and makes four for the third? Yeah, I, I, let's just say I've been there, I've been in that position, and you try to just protect your own position. Number two, you try and protect your players. Uh, but clearly, England are underprepared, and that's a lot to do with COVID, things that are out of your control. But if you play Australia, you've got to be really prepared. Now, I, you know, I would take issue with, with Chris Silverwood about the team selected, but everybody can pick a different team. And I certainly wouldn't have picked the team for the first two test matches. And I wouldn't have picked the team for this third uh, for third test match either. David, Mitchell McLennigan here, mate. So great to hear your voice. I just want to congratulate you on such an amazing career, mate. Um, absolutely outstanding. Um, definitely miss hearing your, your tones uh, over these test matches. Uh, congratulations, mate. Mitch, it's it, great to hear you, and I've been following your tweets a bit, and you get a bit tasty at times. <laughs> you just get stuck every now and again. Um, but I, I haven't finished. I've, I've just left Sky. It's one of them things, a culmination of all sorts of things, really. And, and I'm hoping I might pick up elsewhere and, and do a bit of picking and choosing. Um, and so, you know, I've watched this Ashes series, and I'm doing a little bit for Channel 7 as well. It, it, we're not prepared. You cannot go to Australia underprepared. You've got to have some matches under your belt before. You want to get used to the heat. You want to get used to the light. You want to get used to, and this is a key, key thing, particularly with you, Mitch, as a quick bowler and left arm over. You've got to get used to the bounce of the ball. You, you look at our two openers or our three openers that we've used so far. The hands are so low. You've got to play high. And we're chest on. Our batters are chest on. Now, if I'm talking to people in New Zealand, I just look at hmm. Williamson. Williamson stays sideways on. One of the best players I've ever seen. Martin Crow, sideways on. You can't reinvent the wheel by coming chest on and try and play outside the off stump. You're a goner. Yeah, so you think there's um, something to that method of like, there's, you don't really play too many tour games now, do you? It's a, it's something going into an Australian's conditions and, and having an in-house game against your own players, um, your own bowlers, you know what they do, um, they hit the wicket different. Um, you think they're just missing out on those tour games where they play against Aussie bowlers who really bash the wicket, um, Aussie batters who cut off different lengths than, than the bowlers will be used to having their, the bowlers cut off, that kind of stuff? Yeah, you need competition and you need to get used to the light and the bounce of the ball. The way that we've done it, and I have sympathy because of COVID, you can't, you can't go all around the country during COVID playing 
every state game. I understand that. But just to play amongst yourselves, you might as well go down the pub. Yeah, no, I can't agree with you more. It's it's just like um, New Zealanders going uh, to India or Australia or England for that matter, and just playing against your own guys in the nets. You need to to bowl to local batters to understand how they play spin in those conditions, and it's the same for for bowlers over here. Look, is there any any uh, players in this squad that you actually feel like could actually come in and have a, a bigger impact in the last couple of games? Because at the minute, geez, we're a long way behind the eight ball, aren't, aren't we? Well, they're going to get nailed 5-0. And so there are no matches that these guys can go and prepare. So you're stuck with what you've got. Now, one for me who I would have selected right at the beginning and I would have played him straight away is Mahmood from Lancashire, from my own county, Saki Mahmood. I think he's a terrific bowler. He's got good pace. He's got good height. And he reverse swings a cook over a ball. Now, he's mid-20s. He's probably our quickest bowler. I know, I know Mark Wood's in there, but Mark Wood can play one, miss two. And he's, he's quite short. I, I'm just of the opinion, and I've done the job out there, that you need tall bowlers. You need somebody that can hit the deck hard as a quick bowler. And you need a bit of variation. You need a good wrist spinner. So, you know, we're miles behind. So Saki Mahmood would have been there. Um other than that, there's there's nothing really in the UK that you can say, well, it's blindingly obvious that he should have been there. Um, but they're a competent team. They're in their home grounds, and you don't worry about the pitches. They're just excellent pitches everywhere you go. It's like New Zealand. Wherever you go to New Zealand, there's no skullduggery. You just know that these are the pitches we're going to get in Auckland. This is Wellington. This is Napier. This is Hamilton. That's what we're going to get. So Saqib Moods had a, had a great start to, to the Big Bash. Um, he's over there at the minute. Um, do you think that was one of the braver calls they should have made? Obviously yourself, but you know how hard is it once you've picked a squad to, to pull someone in straight from the outside and swap them with a Ollie Robinson and Mark Wood um, when they weren't in the original squad? Uh, which player did you say? Uh, Saqib uh, Mahmood. He's, he's there at the minute. Oh, he's, yeah, he's... Yeah, 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 I mean... It was a. I couldn't believe that that he wasn't in the first sixteen, seventeen that they picked, and I'm not the only one. You know, you watch cricket throughout the UK, and I've seen this lad at very close quarters. I watched him develop, and he missed a full season with injury, uh, with a stress fracture, and he's come back. He's fitter, he's stronger, he's quick, and he can come back and give you a second and third spell, and so. Every now and again, you get a player who gets a label of one-day player. I, I just cannot stand that. I don't like that. If he can play one-day cricket, and play any cricket. Well, um, Kane Williamson is notorious for saying that he, he thinks one day is getting closer and closer to test cricket. So I, I totally agree with you there. Um, Leach, uh, you know, broad for Leach. Uh, are, they, are we trying to just find something there? I, I'm not sure entirely what's going on uh, behind the scenes there, but playing a spinner on that wicket um, to me is just farcical. Well, they, they've decided it's a dropping pitch. It's going to get placid. You're going to need a spinner. It's a big ground. The G's big enough that you can push your fielders out there. And if they want to take him on, you know, they'll do that. But Jack Leach is a worthy cricketer. He really is. He's just a, a finger spinner. And if you look at the history of the game against Australia, English spinners have never done it in Australia. Never. 
Mm. Not once. I mean, we had we had a crackerjack spinner not long ago, Graham Swan, and he didn't do it either. You know, I toured with Derek Underwood. He didn't do it. And so what you need in Australia is a wrist spinner. Now, we've got a kid who wants to play. He's called Parkinson. He's a young kid from, from Langs. And he bought very highly, spin. very highly. Mm. Now, he gets people out. I mean, that's, if you're a bowler, what do you want to do? I want to get them out. He gets people out. But they're suspicious of him because he can't bat and he's a, he's a very average fielder. Yeah, and, and I guess you have to build your bowling lineup around him, don't you? You probably need a couple more containings. You need an out-and-out quick and you're two containing guys. And I guess throughout this whole series, uh, the run rates from the guys, barring Anderson um, at varying points, so, uh, they're just giving up that boundary ball uh, every over. But I'd love to t- you to touch on the batting. Um, I mean, Joe Root, he looked really good yesterday. And, and then obviously wickets falling around him and he played, played that shot. Was that purely just the pressure that he knows he needs to score the runs? Or uh, is it just something in the dressing room, they're just lack, lack, lacking confidence, Bumble? No, 100%. It's down to him. And you can see that he's getting wearier by the day. That he has to do it. It's got to be down to him. And he played nicely for 50. I'm not, I'm not enamoured about this little glide down to third man with a ball that bounces. I think you're asking for trouble. And you can get preoccupied by playing that shot in Australia. But you know, he's got the, the world on his shoulders that, that he has to produce. He's the captain of the team. He's such a lovely lad. And, you know, you get him and Williamson. They're just they're solid citizens. They're solid people. But you've got Mitch there with you. And Mitch would know as a bowler in international cricket, you need a bit of time when you get your feet up. We have no time. Anderson and company have no time. As soon as they finish... They're out there bowling again because the batters can't get 200. They're not getting 200. It's a batting problem. I look at our bowling attack and I can see that we're getting Australia out for 400, 350, 400, 450. That's par. That's about right. That's what it should be. We're getting rolled over for 180, 140, 220. It's not enough. Bumble, the um, we were having this conversation earlier, Mitch and I, about Ben Stokes batting at five. Now, Ben Stokes is probably, you know, he's a very good batsman, but I, he, he looks to me more like a six or a seven. I mean, where is the depth of English batting at the moment? Well, it, 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 I'd come back to the top three, and Milan has done wonderfully well. Milan was in the team, he was out the team, he can only play away from England. Now, he's played pretty well. He's got a couple of big scores. Uh, not gone on to get 100. But, again, he, I know this guy. He's a, he's a solid citizen. And he won't be deterred by anything that's thrown at him in Australia. But the opening pair, they're just walking wickets. And so Joe Root's in. It, it, it's a good day for Joe if he gets in at 60 for three. It's a good day. Usually, it's 20 for two. And so Ben Stokes at number five is always looking to retrieve the situation. When you really want your number five to go in at like 220 for three, okay, let's see what you've got. And I'm just going to take you apart. We're never in that situation. The opening pair have gone for spit and, and they're just walking wickets. And Mitchell Stark, he, he wishes he could ball at both ends. And Pat Cummins, can I ball at both ends? Because I'll get these out in 10 deliveries. 
So, I mean, about that, um, I guess the only, you've got guys rolling around in county cricket now. Um, there's a lot of chat I see from people like Luke Wright um, backing in Ben Brown. Um, is he on your radar? Yeah, he is. There's a lot of likely lads, as there always will be. You know, we've got 18 counties, so we should be able to find some players. Our biggest problem is that we play county cricket just as you're coming out of winter into spring. So you guys in New Zealand are pretty similar. So when it comes to springtime and it's been so cold and wet and miserable that the, the ground is, is really cold. Now, we play about eight matches when the ground is cold. And then we don't do anything until autumn when it gets damp. And so... County cricket is played at the beginning and at the end of a season in the UK. And so batsmen, I understand that they're like they're on the back foot and they're waiting for a bit of movement with a mm. juke ball off a green pitch that's got a bit of juice in. We've got to play that, play county cricket, and I've been banging on this for I don't know how long. You've got to play it in summer. And all you need is 10 matches. So you look at the best team in the world, New Zealand, they've only got six teams. They only play 10 matches. They play 10 50-over matches, 10 T20 matches, and they're the best team in the world. Yeah, I think we're they down to even eight, eight four-day games now as well. Um, there you go. There yeah. And so you quality. Look at quality. Don't look at quantity as to, oh, we can play a few here and play a few there. Look at quantity, at quality. And so, do you think they ever will look at the county system? Because I know, uh, having having played there, and you've been there your whole life, obviously, and and watched a lot, it really just does promote that medium pacer, like you're saying. And you're saying you're missing the Mahmoods, the the Woods, uh, more players like that. Uh, Is it on the radar for them to to play more four-day stuff in the middle where the ball doesn't do as much, it doesn't swing, the medium pacer gets pumped? Which is, it's always a debate. And there's not a lot gets done about it because, you know, your ECB is your uh, chairman of the county clubs and the chief executives, and they will vote, uh, vote for getting a, a fair amount of games in. But I think there'll come a time, there'll be a watershed that, that will say, right, you know, we've got to play county cricket because you make no mistake, I've been through it all for 55 years. County cricket, four-day cricket, around the world, that makes a player. Now, he can move on from that and play T20 cricket, 50-over cricket, World Cup cricket. But he is made by playing four-day cricket with the disciplines that that entails and playing against his peers, playing against opposition. That's where you make a player. Your player is made in four-day cricket, and then he moves on from there. And, and, you know, I, I don't know this lad who, who opens the batting for England, Rory Burns, but there's, there's one, he's probably a really nice guy, and I'm sure he is, like the, 99% of them are. I'd love to say to Rory Burns, did you bat like that when you were 15? Mm. It's as simple as that. It, you've, got to, you've got to have a stance that is comfortable. You've got to pick your bat up anywhere. Pick it up where you want, but it's got to come down straight. It's 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 bizarre, isn't it? His technique. Um, hey, Bumble, you just you just send me a, a DM sometime if you want me to start the revolution on Twitter to to change the county game. I'm happy to throw a spicy one out there for you, mate. 
Well, there's plenty doing it. There's loads doing it, and I think I think they'll have a go. I think they'll have a do at some stage. Yeah, indeed. Good stuff, Bumble. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on and giving us some time, mate. I, I, you, I, I don't want your whiskey to get lonely, so we'll let, we'll let you uh, go and uh, and enjoy that, my friend. But uh, really, really good to catch up and and chat with you. I trust you had a great Christmas and uh, have a good New Year as well, eh? It's been super up to now, and Ricardo, that is a, a brilliant interview because I've just finished. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, David. Thank you yeah, very can't, much. Can't have a man on the phone with an empty vessel. Go well, David. <laughs> Top lads. Well done. Cheers. Thanks very much, David Lloyd, there with us, uh, the man they call Bumble. And yeah, some great insight from him on, on what's going on with that England team. Yeah, uh, there was some great insight, but there's also just, you could hear it in his voice that he's. He's almost despondent. Like he, he, he feels like there, there's just nowhere, no one coming up in the county game. The conditions aren't what they need to be. He's exa- exactly spot, spot on with the hands. Um, you watch any English cricketer, they, they sit really deep in the crease because they're waiting for that late movement from the Duke's ball. And if you play like that in Australia, he's exactly right. You've either got to come out like David Warner, that's a long way out of his crease mm. um, to be able to get on top of that bounce so it doesn't get big on him, so it doesn't take the gloves. You, I mean, you just watch today, um, watch next time they bat, how many times they get hit on the hands. Um, and that's a really good example. And that's why, um, you know, even leading for us, leading into next World Cup, I feel like we have got to go and play a lot of games over there before that next T20 World Cup to get used to that bounce. Uh, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo in for the boys. Uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. This is SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy, of course, are not full breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy for holiday at the moment. So you've got uh, Ricardo Paul and Mitch McClanagan with you uh, for breakfast. And uh, news, Mitch, uh, we just heard before that Adam Milne's out of the Central Stags team today to play Auckland. Yeah, Adam Milne out of uh, with a knee complaint. Um, mm. So he won't be taking on... Um, uh, Auckland at his home ground in Palmerston North, and then Doug Bracewell's got to go through a fitness test uh, yeah. pre-match as well with a little bit of an ankle complaint. So. Yeah, so that's uh, I mean, if you're if you're a, if you're a betting man and you know that uh, the, the Aces are paying two thirty. Yeah, uh, look, they've just they just haven't had any games. So look, yeah, I think that definitely brings their odds in. Like if you want to get in uh, under that. Uh, but, you know, they're fully relying on George Worker and Martin Guptill and Mark Chapman at the minute. So a few of the other boys are, are horribly out of nick. But that's just game time, I think, Ricardo. Yeah, you think they'll come good? I think they will. Um, you know, they're going to – Lockie Ferguson's going to have to have a big part to play um, today uh, because uh, down in Palmy, if the wicket's nice, it uh, can be a high-scoring ground. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, so there you go. Uh, uh, the uh, TAB on that have the Stags at one fifty six and the Aces at two thirty. I I would suggest if you do like a punt and you've just heard that news uh, that the Aces at two thirty looks pretty good. I might pay to invest now before that market changes. Uh, it is uh, time now uh, for a Kubota uh, Kubota uh, news and sport with Karen. Uh, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you very much, Karen. Uh, it's time for the Choices Flooring Poll. Uh, we do this every Monday and Friday here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And the Choices Flooring Poll today has just gone live on Twitter. Uh, what were you watching Boxing Day? I've well, got four choices for you there. The Ashes... The Boxing Day races, the kids, or the barbecue. What were you 
What were you watching on, uh, on your Boxing Day? Let us know on that Choices Flooring poll. We'll have the results of that poll for you uh, in around an hour's time. Uh, Mitch, you, you were pretty much on the ashes. I was on the ashes. Yeah, I definitely wasn't watching my child. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you banned from child duty after the donkey that you gave her on Christmas Day? Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm, there could be a restraining order coming at some point. <laughs> can, you, can you get one against your child? Yeah, well. well I don't know. I, well, I think you can they can get one yeah. against you, potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, if you missed it earlier, Mitch got in trouble with the family for uh, putting his daughter in the pool, and then uh, the head went under. You, 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 she went right under. She was in your arms at the yeah, time. Yeah, I take yeah, it. Yeah, she yeah. was. She, yeah. yeah, she had a hat on as well. Yeah, yeah. So sun smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, cool. beautiful hat from the you old. You didn't just throw grandma. her in the pool. No, no. I eased her in. Easter in, yeah. Um, you know, you've got to learn some point, don't you? Exactly. You exactly. see those, the Nirvana baby, you know, that she yeah. was pretty much the same age, I reckon, pretty yeah, close to. Pretty, yeah, just in there. In there. <laughs> well, that, I mean, it's good though, mate. It's good if you can get used to it at a young age. Because my daughter didn't, we didn't do a lot of that with her. And then when it came to learning to swim, she didn't want to put her face in the water. Yeah, fair. I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah, I hear was, that a lot. Yeah, it, it's something that took a while to break. Yeah, and then yeah. you you got to persevere, don't you? Because yeah. Yeah, I mean, New Zealanders, uh, as you got to get your kids to learn learn to swim. I see we've just had another three drownings so far since Christmas on so Boxing Day. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, eh? Yeah, it's really crazy. So uh, no, no, I think it's a it's a good effort, mate. You just been you just been water smart. Oh, that's that's what I tried to, to tried to sell to the family <laughs> after. Yeah, <laughs> no, no good, one's mate. buying it. Nah, no, no one's buying it, no but she'll it. be better for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. We uh, we have had a text in from Jordan. He was definitely watching the Ashes. Remember, you can text us on double eight double three. Let us know uh, who you are and uh, where you're listening to SENZ as well. And we do have the Kenards Higher phone line that is open. You can text us. Uh, you can call us anytime on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And that. Tab. Choices Flooring Poll. Uh, we've already had uh, quite a few votes on that, so make sure you jump on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at SENZ Breakfast, and you can go on there and you can vote on that Choices Flooring Poll today about what were you watching on Boxing Day. Um, in terms of, as an athlete, Mitch, you know, when you were part of the, the, the cricket setup with the with the Black Caps, how was that for you? I mean, having to play, say, New Year's Day, or having to play, sort of, sort of in between Christmas and New Year's, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was. It was that tough, or was it something you just rolled with? Yeah, often actually, we played Boxing Day quite a bit. Mm. Um, it was pretty nice actually, to be fair. Like most of the guys had their families down. It was a bit weird not being around like your mum, your dad, yeah. um, if they're up in Auckland, and the rest of your family. But most of the guys who had kids had their kids down. We'd all park up out at. Uh, uh, Clearwater yeah, uh, and Christchurch so everyone would have their kind of own little rooms their own units and come together for like a Christmas lunch um, and then even my first one was away in, in Sarafka so there was you know a time where you know everyone it's kind of nice actually yeah, yeah all cool. little get together so is it like any other workplace you know if you have a Christmas to get together you have to do Secret Santa I think there was one, yeah, actually. Yeah, there definitely was in Sarafka. Uh, you know, it was just yeah. for something to some people to wear. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, but they do it well. Um, they definitely do look after. And there's a big Mike Sandal and those guys, when I, when I was there, really made an effort to include the families as that, you know, changing from what it potentially was in the past to really um, making it easy for the players to enjoy that period, knowing that you're going to work the next day. Yeah, well, Boxing Day races for Graham. So thanks, Graham. Uh, you can, uh, we've got people texting, and you can also, of course, uh, hit Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter and vote in the Choices Flooring poll there. Yeah, no, it's a, I always wondered about that. But, uh, you know, it'd be the dreaded thing, though, too, if you're on tour and you get the captain or you get the coach for for, <laughs> for, for, for Secret Santa. It's just like, oh. 
I do. I, I could be wrong about this. I've just got this in my memory. Yeah. Now, one of the boys, it might have been Neil Broom or someone like that, actually got Hess um, some child's clothes uh, <laughs> uh, for, for Christmas. I'm pretty certain. Like, in in Africa, it was definitely gone and got him, and they got him, yeah, yeah, yeah. got him some child's clothes. How, so. how did that go? Oh, Hess is good. Good for oh, a joke, good, yeah. Good for a joke, yeah, so he's yeah, up for it. Good for a joke, yeah. yeah. No, he's easy, but good gag, good gag. Good. I'm sure it's been used a few times yeah. after that as well. Yeah, quality. Uh, it's uh, 23 away from nine here. On Baz and Izzy for breakfast, uh, Ricardo Ball and Mitch McClendigan with you. When we come back, we're talking English Premier League with former All-White David Choate. It's 18 away from 9 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Ricardo and Mitch McLennigan. Uh, you can call any time on the Ken Arts Hire phone line 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 or text us uh, like uh, Janet Hall did um, about uh, what she was doing Boxing Day. She was uh, watching the races uh, from Levin. So uh, thanks for your text, Janet. Remember you can, of course, uh, hit us up on our uh, Twitter account, uh, Baz and Izzy for Breakfast Twitter account, and uh, and uh, vote on the Choices Flooring poll for what you were doing. What were you watching Boxing Day? Was it the Ashes? Was it the Boxing Day races? Was it the kids? Or was it the barbecue? Uh, David Choate, I'm, I'm picking that you were watching the bottom bottom of a bottle of something at, 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 at some point uh, yesterday. How are you doing, Choate? Yeah, good, mate. Got down to the beach, got a swim in, got back on the deck, lit the barbecue, and as you say, just uh, took the top off a beer and enjoyed the afternoon. Fantastic. Not fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Hey, uh, I've, uh, just uh, looking at the scores today in the Premier League, man, there are some, uh, there have been some goals scored, uh, 6-3, 5-0, 3-0, 3-2, 3-1, and it was, it was pointed out to me um, about Boxing Day in 1963. I don't know if you've seen this, but the first division results, Boxing Day 1963, uh, I think it's uh, Burnley beat Manchester United 6-1. Blackburn Rovers beat West Ham 8-2. Liverpool beat Stoke 6-1. It was 4-all between West Brom and Spurs. Fulham beat Ipswich 10-1. Uh, Chelsea, your boys beat Blackpool 5-1. Those were the results on Boxing Day 1963. Uh, you've got to go a long way to, to, to match that for goals, Chody. Unbelievable weekend, um, Boxing Day. Around Christmas, the English Premier League just goes nuts and the goal scoring was crazy. I haven't got through all the goals yet. I've watched uh, Chelsea live and I'm just trawling my way through all the goals. But I'll be, I'll be here a wee while to get all the goals in because looking at those scores, I mean, I suppose the Man City one, best is the most remarkable because best are a good side. Nine goals um, in, a, in a game between Man City and Leicester. What a fantastic match that was. Yeah, um, indeed. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, I thought it was uh, it was really good from Leicester as well uh, to come back into the match. They were 4-0 down and they got it back to 4-3. Yeah, incredible, incredible story. Man City, to me, looked like the team to beat. I reckon um, you'll go a long way to sort of go past them. Liverpool fans will think I'm being a bit harsh, but I think Man City are sort of starting to hit another gear and, and they may end up being the... Uh, the high watermark coming into the season. But uh, Leicester, no mugs, got themselves back in it. And then Man City power away. I suppose that gives hope to everyone. At least Man City are conceding some goals. But uh, I reckon they're the best going around. Yeah, they, they, they look pretty good, all right, mate. They look pretty good. 
Gee, um, Jody Mitchell here, mate. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you caught much of that Arsenal game. Uh, probably not being a Chelsea fan, but Norwich don't look like firing a shot, do they? Uh, it's going to be a very, very tough end to the season for them, the second half. Yeah, indeed. Uh, got a bit of a soft spot for Norwich, but uh, not as soft as their centre. They look like they're <laughs> gone for me. And, and Arsenal, uh, they're the form horse right now, so Arsenal fans are having their moment in the sun. It's almost... Uh, a rollback to sort of uh, the Arsene Wenger years where he had them always there or thereabouts, but they're back up amongst it, fourth in the league. And in fact, if you look at the top six, it's starting to get that familiar look. I'll go seven even. It's starting to have that familiar look to it with Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, uh, and Man United sitting at seventh. Um, West Ham sandwich in between, who are probably the surprise package. But Arsenal fans, they'll start dreaming that they can end up in Europe again. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, they, they only got there on holiday last year, didn't they? I mean, they, they, they certainly weren't, uh, weren't playing any football there, mate. Uh, Spurs got three uh, up 3-0 over Palace as well, but Wolf Zaha sent off in the first half. To be honest, mate, I, I, I had a bit of a crack last night, and I thought, you know what, I can see some pretty even games here, and I, I put a multi on for that to be a draw, West Ham, uh, Southampton to be a draw, and given Chelsea's re- re- recent form, that to be a draw as well. None of those games ended up being draws, but you can see where I was coming from, Jody. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, obviously with one eye firmly on Chelsea. I, I thought this could be a banana skin for them because they haven't been travelling that well. They haven't been scoring goals. They got Lukaku on and he made a huge difference to them. So with a big nine like Lukaku playing for them, Chelsea starts to look at threat again because other than that, they were struggling in that front third. Spurs have got Antonio Conte back in charge and I know when he took Chelsea, he made them a better side. So Spurs will be a better side with Antonio Conte at the helm. So they'll get themselves back in the mix. Um, West Ham look like they're wobbling. They're mm. falling over. So uh, all the West Ham fans who were uh, in seventh heaven coming into Christmas, they might come out the other side looking looking a bit sad. It's a, it's a bit of a lottery at the moment with this COVID situation because there are postponements all over the place. Players unavailable. I'm not even sure what the rules are, how you get a postponement, but three matches out of this round of 10 were postponed due to COVID and they've already started uh, postponing the next round, which is in the, just in a couple of days' time. That's a good one for you to touch on, actually, because, um, you know, from what they've been saying, everyone's been saying, managers saying they can't train and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that's going to lead to more goals like we saw today? I think that's what's behind the goals, to be Mm. honest. I know that uh, in watching the Chelsea match, they reckon they were managing players, giving people 60, uh, you know, predetermined 60 minutes, getting them off, changing up the teams, uh, not being able to put out their same side, uh, that you miss one or two players. So I think it's going to be hugely impactful. And that's where I think Man City... And the big guns, they all have massive squads, but Man City look like they could put out two teams that are pretty quality. Um, so I reckon uh, COVID will have its say in the Premier League this year, no doubt. You know, um, Chody, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit Chelsea-centric, but I'll ask you this question, because Chelsea, yeah. as you mentioned, have got a big squad, and they've got even more players out on loan at the moment. Uh, and you talked about a soft middle for Norwich, but um, Billy Gilmore, who uh, set the set things on fire, really, at Chelsea when, under Frank Lampard when he got given the opportunity, and Conor Gallagher, who's, who's at, at Palace, have uh, both uh, are both out on loan from Chelsea. Do you see either of them coming back in and actually featuring in Chelsea's first team squad next season? Yeah, well, Billy Gilmore ended up going to Norwich and not even getting in the side under the previous manager. He's come back in now and looks a bit, bit better a player. Gallagher's the one who looks um, just a wee bit special at Palace. He's just having a golden run. I don't know that they will bring him back. I think they've got enough enough cover. There are players still at Chelsea uh, of real quality that, that aren't getting a game, so I don't think there, there's any shortage of players. Um, I would be surprised if they brought anyone back during the break. Um, but uh, they've got plenty of money to spend, and perhaps perhaps that's a possibility. 
Yeah, well, I was just thinking, you know, if you bring, say, Conor Gallagher back in, not necessarily, uh, at, uh, you know, in January, but maybe even uh, in between seasons, you know, you could you could move on a couple of guys. You could move on maybe a Loftus-Cheek, a Ross Barkley, a couple of those guys who are, you know, just soaking up some money. Um, and then pff, you've got a bit of extra coin in the, uh, you know, to strengthen at the back and you don't have to worry about your midfield because it's already sorted. Yeah, quite right. Barkley's a player who who isn't getting match time, but he's getting paid plenty of dough, so he could he could be moved on um, without without too much trouble. And Gallagher does look a special one, so perhaps bringing him back would be an option for Chelsea. Right. Um, just the rich the richness of talent that they have at their disposal. But then, as I said, Man City they tend to hold on to their talent; they don't put it out on loan, and they end up reaping the benefit. It'll be interesting what Tuchel viewers of how big a squad he carries. Yeah, it will be, mate. It will be. Hey, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, uh, Newcastle United Manchester United. Uh, Eddie Howe's got a hell of a job on his hands, mate. Uh, 3-0 for you. What are you, what are you thinking? Oh, I mean, in saying that, you saw the results this morning, so uh, mm. it's a crazy time of year, but uh, you'd almost say a banker for, for Man United. Bring them to 30 points, take them above Tottenham, uh, just keep all the pressure on in that top six. Uh, remember, European spots up for for the six, but the four is where you want to be. And Man United will still fancy their chances of being in the four with their, their new interim manager, who seems to have made a bit of a difference in Solskjaer's depart- departure. Things seem to be rising ever so slowly for Man United. Well, Shady, um, I just... Obviously, you've been a Chelsea fan. I just want to tell you, uh, my football knowledge is very limited, but the only Premier League I've ever been to was a 4-0 drumming of West Brom 2005. So uh, I guess I'm a Chelsea supporter. So we're in the same boat, mate. Yeah, look, I, I, I've been to the ground a few times, lucky enough to go there. It's a, it's a nice little stadium in a nice part of London, and the fans always make it a good occasion. Uh, a 4-0 win at Chelsea, that would have been rocking along. It would have been going well. All right, Chody. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Interrupting your summer break. We'll let you get that Barbie fired up again, and uh, we'll catch you again soon, eh? I'll get back to the goals. Thanks, fellas. No worries. Cheers, uh, David Choate there, former All White, with us, talking English Premier League football. It is coming up nine away from nine here on SENZ Bazinazi for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. It's three away from nine here on SENZ Breakfast. It is, of course, usually Baz and Izzy for breakfast, but Baz and Izzy are on leave, as you'd expect this time of year. So, Ricardo Ball, Mitch McClinigan uh, on for you. Uh, now, Mitch, uh, one of the things, we're going to be talking some cricket coming up. We're going to be talking some racing coming up. Paul Wilcox, the CEO of Auckland Racing, up in the next hour. We're also going to have Frankie Mackay on. Uh, Craig Cummings coming up later in the show as well. And uh, I know one thing that you, you want to talk about is is superstitions with sports people. Sports yeah. people tend to be a bit superstitious. They have, you know, uh, I know Ralph Ranyak, who co- uh, manages Southampton, uh, if he wears an outfit sideline and the team win, he'll wear that outfit every until they lose. Like, like you know, because it's, it's a lucky thing. But did you ever have uh, in, anything like that? Yeah, I did. Um, oh, the first one I'd heard about was Ross Taylor with his, with his whites. Mm. You know, scored 100 in his, in his whites and, and wouldn't change his whites. So he wore the same pair of whites until they made them wear the, uh, the old uh, black stripe down, the new ones that they've got right. now. But, yeah, my superstitions was always uh, had to be the last one off the bus. Last one off the bus when we were going to a game uh, when I was playing for New Zealand. So that's a bit 
Don't know why. What happens if somebody else has the same superstition? (laughs) It's just just a stalemate, mate. I think I just got lucky. (laughs) (laughs) You chose one no one else had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to hit Frankie and Craig up because cricketers have got to be among the worst. Weird bunch. Weird bunch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I reckon reckon footballers probably aren't too far behind. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few. You've heard of some goodies? Yeah, there's some few. There's some that do that. That whole has to be the last one out of the tunnel, you know, when they're walking onto the pitch. And Teddy Sheringham. He used to be, he played for like Spurs in England and Forest and United. Mm. Uh, he had to have a brand new pair of socks. They had to be in the packet on his bench when he got, distru- he had to have a brand new pair every every go. match. He probably slipped with an old pair of socks at some point, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. something's happened. Yeah, his boot come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's that, and that's that's been his thing. And so, yeah, that was his. He had to have a brand new pair of socks in the packet. Yeah. So he knew they were brand new before every game. They do the old sock throw at the end of the game to yeah, some yes, young kid. Eh? Some yeah, have my socks, <laughs> so I don't have to wear them again. Be, I don't know. I don't know if you'd that'd be that treasured. Oh, uh, sweaty socks. Some at the weird, end of the game some weird fetishes out there. Yeah, there are. There are. Hey, if you've uh, heard uh, of a super sporting superstition, or you got one yourself from uh, from your weekend warrior days, let us know what that is. Eight eight three. Uh, sorry, double eight double three. Is the text number here for SENZ? Let us know where you're listening to SENZ, or you can call us on the Kennard's Hire phone line as well 0800 150 811. Right now, we're off to track down some McCafe coffees. It's about that time, and uh, Karen's here with News of Sport. Thanks to Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Four past nine on your Monday morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Without Baz and Izzy, it is uh, Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan in with you. And uh, Mitch, of course, uh, we have been talking cricket. We've been talking a bit of football as well. And uh, there is uh, some NFL uh, going on. Uh, just a, a question for you, mate. We talked about how this is uh, Raiders Central at the moment. Uh, Kieran, Brian, myself, you all wearing Raiders gear this morning. We didn't even coordinate it. Uh, but uh, why Raiders for you? Why did you Why did you start supporting the Raiders? Uh, initially, I just liked the kit. Yeah, right. I like black. <laughs> like black, black and silver and, and, black and right. Silver. Good, yeah, yeah. Eh, right? it's good then, then I got into it. And then like, I think when you... When you grow up, you you play a bit of NFL, a bit of NBA, and mm. and I thought, oh, okay, I'll get into it. And I started learning the players' names just from playing a bit of NFL on on the old PlayStation. Uh, and I, I won't play with another team on NFL anymore, so yeah. on Madden. So um, then you start to learn the players, and you start to watch. And uh, my sister's uh, boyfriend, um, my father or my niece, um, he's also big into his NFL. So that's our thing that we do, do together. Other than is being he a Raiders, horrible Raiders fan as well? No, he's he's not. He's a, he's a Saints fan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he's uh, struggling, always struggling at the minute, so we don't talk too much. <laughs> that's a, that's exactly the same right time to talk about it when his team's struggling. That's what, that's oh, what he hasn't caught any fish lately either, so uh, he's not he's not in the best space. So yeah, I'll leave okay. him be. You've, 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 you've been very sympathetic. <laughs> family family man, uh, Mitch McClinigan, obviously, uh, you're keeping the peace there. Hey, uh, time to talk uh, racing, though, because uh, we have the CEO of Auckland Racing, Paul Wilcox, uh, with us. G'day, Paul, how you doing? 
Yeah, very good. And actually, just watching the Buffalo Bills take apart the New England Patriots, so perhaps that little chat you boys are having. Yeah, well, I mean, how good is that to see as well? I mean, I, I know the Pats became one of those teams because of Belichick and Brady that everybody else loved to hate, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Are you are you a, are you a fan, uh, Paul? Or who's your team? Yeah, love it. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. There you go. 49ers, did I've been doing it tough. Talk about you guys doing it tough. Yeah. <laughs> 49ers have been doing it tough. Mate, yeah, because a couple of years ago, it looked like you were on the up and up again, but then it's sort of fallen away again. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't talk about that. Let's get into the racing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the racing indeed. Hey, actually, just before we do get into the racing, you know Beaver, Stephen Donald. Yes. Yeah, he actually, um, he was... Um, Sounded out by the 49ers when he was playing rugby in England to be a kicker, and he had about he had a couple of meetings with them, and he went and did you know kicked a pigskin for them, and they watched and they went through they did all the measurements and stuff, but it never quite panned he, out because he, he ended up getting an injury in a tight shirt. He would have looked good in one of those tight shirts. <laughs> he had a little to, podgy poking out, eh? <laughs> he, had, he had to say no because there, no, there was no white baiting in San Fran. So he, he had to say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Paul, no, we, should, we should talk racing, though. You're right. Um, Ellerslie, yesterday, obviously you couldn't have crowds in like you would have liked. But, I mean, you, were you happy with the way everything went yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, just good to get the owners, uh, trainers and jockeys back there and and our sponsors as well, and, and have a great day of racing. So we were delighted, and it's been a long time between drinks, I can say that for sure, and uh, it was good to see the quality uh, horses winning on the day. Yeah, the, I mean, we uh, we had uh, Mark Clayton uh, on the other day uh, to talk about, uh, give us some tips. That was on Friday with, with Beeve and stuff. Uh, not all of his tips uh, came through. You, you, you'll you be unsurprised to know. Uh, Louis Herman, what was uh, <laughs> was on earlier this morning as well? I think he was, uh, he, he, he pulled about even. How did you go? Uh, look, it was, uh, started off well, but uh, came unstuck towards the end there. So it's, uh, it's the perils of, of trying to bet on the, the ones you think are going to win and they don't come in. But, uh, hey, look, everyone that uh, won on the day was happy, so that was great. And Ashwin Gondasami uh, picked up his first group one, so that was uh, pleasing to see and delighted for the young fella to, to finally knock that off. Yeah, I mean, the, to get to get Tiptronic ahead of two illicit uh, and then uh, Vanami uh, as well with Craig Grills on board, I think was a, was a great effort, wasn't it? I mean, two very experienced jockeys. Oh. Absolutely, but uh, to be fair, watching I've watched that race a couple of times. I think uh, Ashvin just caught them to sleep, and uh, he got the march on them, and they couldn't pick him up. So it was delightful, uh, delightful to see him pick up his first Group One, and uh, couldn't have gone to a nicer guy. And paying fifteen twenty to win as well. I mean, oh. if you're on that, you'd be laughing. You would have been a happy person, I can assure you. Fifteen. <laughs> Oh God! Hey, I've got to put myself in your shoes, Paul, and think. You know, you've got a big day of work effectively coming up the day after Christmas Day. How is your Christmas Day? Because surely your mind's not entirely on Christmas; it's on what's coming up. Funnily enough, it was more stressful this year with a crowd of nine hundred than it was the year previously with uh, just shy of sixteen thousand. So, no, you did right. You you do think a lot. We're worrying about. Is it going to rain? Do we need to put water on? Is it, has this been done? Has that been done? So it's not the most relaxing of times, but uh, to be fair, it was just great to uh, get people back on course, albeit a small crowd, but uh, to see people that we haven't seen for a very long time, and uh, that was the most enjoyable part of it.
You must uh, be oh, definitely looking forward to Orange Light and uh, the New Year's, uh, getting some crowds back in. How many are you expecting to come through the gates on New Year's? Uh, you, we, fair to say we are pretty uh, pretty excited to, to have it open up again, and it's been uh, not just for us, but uh, for all of Auckland, right? We've all been mm. shut down doing the hard yards and, and actually having sort of... Uh, the light change that, that allows crowds back is going to be uh, hopefully uh, kicking off the, and I reckon I can say the biggest event on New Year's Day in New Zealand, which will, which will be good, and I hope it is, but uh, which will be good. But no, look, if it dawns a, a beautiful day like it did on Boxing Day, I think we could be easily pushing sort of that five, six, seven thousand crowd mark. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be that'd be massive. I mean, what do you have to do for the change from red to orange to allow that those extra people in? Uh, a lot of infrastructure, uh, a lot more people uh, working working wise. So staffing levels will, will elevate hugely. Um, but look, it's it's not too much of a change. It's just a, a magnitude of numbers, right? So uh, it was actually quite nice to to have a have a smaller Boxing Day. Sounds weird saying that, but uh, it just allowed us to to get all the tools. We changed obviously through lockdown. We we changed all our tool system and and put a new CRM system in as well. So uh, it was good to run those things through with a smaller number and, and not be stressed out on, on the big numbers. So it's just a magnitude of change from, from a small crowd to a large crowd. So uh, let's hope it goes well as it did on Boxing Day and, and everyone should be happy. And so I'm not not being a great punter myself. I'm asking you for some uh, New ne- Year's ne- Day tips. Neither am I. You're probably better than me. So you got anything for us? Uh, no, look, to be fair, I haven't uh, looked at the field yet. They'll come out, uh, acceptances, uh, or pardon me, nominations tomorrow and then acceptances on Wednesday. So uh, I'll start doing the form once once we see what uh, what comes out of out of there. But uh, it'll be fair to say the, uh, the railway is going to be the big one uh, mm. on uh, whatever day it is, Saturday, I think it is. But... Uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm just uh, excited about having horses back again. You know, basically two weeks in a row, which would be great. And uh, as long as we get a good day and and the tracks fair and and the good horses will win, that's that's all I worry about. Yeah, so many people love a Boxing Day at the races, obviously, and they've been denied that this year because of COVID. Um, so, uh, do you, have you noticed maybe a shift? You know, people or, or companies that might have done a, a corporate day for their for their workers, sort of around sort of Christmas, are going. Well, you know what? You know, everybody enjoys the races, so let's just do it at the races. We'll just do it a week later. Yeah, but to be fair, actually, driving back from. Uh, had Christmas down in Hamilton and driving back, coming through the city on Christmas Eve and actually driving around after races yesterday. It doesn't look like there's many people left in Auckland, which, <laughs> which I can't blame them. But, uh, hey, look, it's, uh, I think it'll be a lot of people wake up on, on New Year's Day with that, that uh, time-honoured hangover and go, ah, I wonder what we should do today. And hopefully uh, they put us in their memory banks and, and roll down the hill and, and pop into Alizy for a good day, which uh, I can assure them the beer's cold, so if the betting's uh, not yeah. so good, they're going to get a good cold beer and, and there'll be a lot of people around. So uh, yeah. hopefully hopefully they come along. So hopefully the form's hot and the beer's cold, but if not, the beer's always cold anyway. And you've got our attention. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Paul, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, what, what, what's your week look like this week leading into something like that? 
Uh, to be fair, today it'll be watching a bit of NFL until the cricket comes on and, and then settle in for the Sounds Ashes to watch the Aussies absolutely tough. smash those ponds. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, actually trying to get a couple of days off. So haven't had a break since March last year with wow. everything that's been going on with the merger and, and what have you. So uh, no, looking forward to having a few days to to spend with the family before they all disappear off and around the countryside. And then, um, yeah, it'll be getting back into it later this week and, and getting ready for, for New Year's Day. Yeah, mate, well, a well-deserved break ahead of you. Uh, I hope you get to watch your 49ers play as well. And it's funny that, isn't it? You say you yeah, hope to see those Aussies smash the palms because it, it's, a, it's a game that I think... Paul, you know, divides New Zealand in a little in a little bit. I've got a mate, a really good mate of mine, who's a massive cricket head uh, and a big Black Caps fan. Hates the England cricket team, so we'll always support Australia in the Ashes. But on the other way around, I can't stand the Aussie cricket team, so I'll always support England or anyone else for that matter playing the Australian cricket team. Uh, are you anywhere on that spectrum? I, I absent my favourite team and the team I support greater than anything is the Aussie cricketers. Wow. Okay. Where's, above, where's that come from? Above, wait for it. Above. Well, when I was growing up, our cricketers were hopeless apart from <laughs> uh, Sir Richard Hadley, right? Yeah. So uh, I, used to, I used to love watching the Aussie. I, I just love the way they go about the game. It, it's sort of uh, the all blacks of, of the cricketing world. It's, um, they're amazing. They're ruthless. I love that, that tenacity. And, you know, everyone goes on about Davy Warner. You know, and how he, he goes off when he scores his tons. But hell, if you can score a ton like he does, I'd be doing the same thing. So uh, to me, they're just, they're just everything about what a sports team should be, right? Just take yeah. no prisoners and, and just. Yeah, you wouldn't be in the racing game if you didn't back winners, eh? Hey, indeed. indeed. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's about, you know, celebrating success and, and they're the best, well, the most successful team in, in cricket. So, so I love it. So you're saying that every every New Zealander who supports the Poms instead of the Aussies uh, is, has tall poppy syndrome? Well, it'd be like you supporting the Raiders. They're doing it tough. They're supporting the Aussie cricket, uh, the English cricket team, aren't they? But, uh, True. Hey, look, no, but no, I love I love seeing seeing how I mean the English are broken, so aren't they? Uh, it's going to be five five nil. So uh, can't wait for. Uh, 11.30 when it kicks off today and and, uh, and the lead-up to the first ball being bowled. Hey, Paul, just on that, do you have any superstitions ahead of a big race day? We were just talking about uh, sports people hey. with, with superstitions. <laughs> give, give us one or two of yours, if, if you can. Oh, I've got real bad OCD, so, uh, <laughs> no, there's lots of touch the wood, uh, making sure I put my socks on the right way, rub the top of my shoes before I put my shoes on, and... Uh, yeah, I always have a ginger ale just to settle the nerves mm-hmm. on a, on a race day, and uh, yeah, and then it's uh, giving someone else my money to put on the horses. I don't I don't like betting myself. I always think that's a it's a bad omen as well. So I'll give the cash out to to the team to go and place my bets. So. Interesting. There you go. Interesting. And just That's on the, only just the start of it. It's just the start. Just the start of it. We, we 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 might do. We might get you back on tomorrow. We can do a whole hour. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it you is it the right right or the left that you start with when it comes to the socks? How does it work? I get my uh, my left. Put my left on first, and then then the right goes on on second, and you'll be then right on all day. So. Yeah, right on go. all day. So you, you put your left sock, left shoe, then right sock, right shoe. 
Uh, no, left sock, right sock, left shoe, right shoe. There you go. Okay. So you got to rub the top of the shoe with, you with, your, shoe. with your foot, and then uh, yeah. So yeah. Paul is that, terrain. Is that is, so? Is that a uh, paid position um, within your organisation that runs and puts your bets on? Because um, <laughs> I might be looking for a job <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. pays very good. Well, it depends because then they get they get they get the chance of getting fired if the, the bets are no good. So it's sort of a double risk for reward, right? eh? Uh, oh, we'll, we'll sort out yeah, a commission rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. And if they put it, if they put it on Tiptronic yesterday, they would have been the CFO. So <laughs> they didn't, so no, they'll, they'll so stay uh, on the toilets. washing the dishes. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, Paulie. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, Paul. Really appreciate it, mate. Go well, enjoy that uh, that well-earned rest day, and, uh, and best of luck with New Year's Day. Yeah, and likewise, and, and good luck with your tipping and, and staying supporting the Raiders for the rest of the season, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Really appreciate it. It's Paul Wilcox, CEO of Auckland Racing there with us. It is 19 past nine. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball. Uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. This is SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy, of course, on leave. So Ricardo Bormich McLennigan with you. It is uh, 9.25. You can give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line anytime. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Uh, we're going to chat some NBA now, Mitch. And, uh, of course, Christmas Day is always a big day for the NBA. They have a, a load of games uh, played on Christmas Day. Uh, and the NBA loves a stat. Well, American sports love a stat, don't they? But the NBA stat yesterday that I heard was that LeBron James has gone past Kobe Bryant for the most points scored on Christmas Day, in Christmas Day matches with 422. And I thought to myself, is there a more useless stat or a more pointless stat than that one? Well, I think initially when you told me that, I thought he'd gone and done a Westbrook and just gone out for his own just to break the stats, just shoot 39 points, put 50 shots up, 60 shots up. Yeah. Um, but no, he actually had a good game. Um, he actually played well. His shooting percentage from the field was 56% compared to the team's shooting percentage of 41. So he was playing way above uh, what the other fellas were on his side were playing. So he'd be pretty... Uh, Pretty gutted, I guess, walking off off, off the field, off the court with uh, that kind of stat. He obviously really wanted that win um, today, so you know, big grudge match on on our on a Boxing Day. Um, so, nah, it is a bit pointless, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a bit sad that it's gone past Kobe. Kobe's one of my all-time favourite players. So, yeah, are you a Lakers fan? Nah. <laughs> no, 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 neither. No, I don't think. Well, I was going to say I don't think anybody is, but I think there are actually quite a few Lakers fans. Yeah. I was always a Celtics fan. Celtics fan. I've always been a Celtics Ooh. fan. I love Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a man. But uh, yeah, no, it just seemed like one of those pointless stats, you know. It, there's actually somebody else. I think Steph Curry's got the most points in a game on Christmas Day. He scored like 72 for the Golden State Warriors in that season where they were smoking everyone. He's just a genuine freak, that guy, eh? Yeah, well, actually, this conversation I've had with a couple of people. 
He's broken Ray Allen's three-point record, right? Yeah. Now, Ray Allen took about 1,200-odd games to, to set the mark. And Steph Curry beat it in 700-odd games, like 500 games less. Right, because he's, he's changed the way the game's played, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about the threes now. Given he's broken that record and he's had that impact on the game, he's changed the way the game's played. Is Steph Curry in the GOAT conversation with Jordan, Bird, LeBron, those guys? Oh, I guess not at, not, I guess not at this stage, but look, they had, who'd they have? They had, they had Durant, um, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. And there was one other. There were six players, and they're asking, or Steph Curry, yeah. and they're saying, "Who's going to be on the bench?" And I couldn't pick it. I couldn't. I couldn't out of, out of the lineup. It was LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Steph Curry. Probably Kevin Durant. Yeah, I would say leaning, leaning that way. Yeah, no leaning. way. No, oh no, Brian's Brian's coming. What do what you what do you say? No way. To, no way to Kevin Durant on the bench. No, he's the hardest man in the NBA to guard. Right. Okay. He's a seven foot one. Uh, power forward, you know, uh, he plays everything. He's a point guard. He he can run it on the floor. You know, he, if, if you're screening him, you're not going to stop him getting to the hole if he's got a screen. So, so what, what you're saying is that uh, LeBron James is on the bench? No, I'd put Steph Curry on the bench. Steph really? Curry. Steph, yeah. Steph Curry yeah, yeah. On the bench. Well, because the rest of them can shoot. What else has he got beyond shooting? Well, he can he can shoot from he's got good out, handles out of the paint. He's got good hands. So I'd probably, like, think if you're going to play – Kevin Durant because he's a seven-one power forward who can do a lot. How much room is there for Shaq in the paint if he's if, if Durant's playing as a power forward? So maybe you you, you bench Shaq. Yeah, no, kick kick Durant out one and put Shaq Shaq it because you, you've got to have the most dominant player ever in there. I mean, you look at the guys who they change rules for. He's one of them, you know. Mm. And and I guess Steph Curry because he revolutionised as well. Allen Iverson, they changed the rules because of him, you know, and those sort of so players. Because Shaq was a – he was notoriously rubbish from the free-throw line, right? Yeah, well, that's why they, they had that um, that foul rule. Yeah. And they changed that because everyone was just fouling Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, Hacker Shaq. Because it was Shaq. Because it was Shaq. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I think about it, and I I know what you're saying about him being dominant because of his sheer physicality. But, you know, I'd rather have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in my team than Shaq. <sighs> Good call. Good call. Oh. <laughs> Here's a spanner. I'll, a... I'll take Joel Embiid, but we won't go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He hasn't done enough yet. So I guess all we've taken out of this conversation is the person who gets left out is going to be the star of the third Looney Tunes movie. And they're going to take on, going to take on those five. So that's it. There you go. There you Warner go. Brothers, yeah. give, me, give me my cut. Hey, we've talked, uh, we've had a few texts through about uh, weird superstitions, um, things that you do or you've heard about players do uh, that uh, before games. Um, there's a couple that we can't read. Uh, but um, but thanks anyway, Chris. Uh, that was interesting. That was interesting <laughs> for me. Um, uh, now, George has said, I've, I've heard some players have to wear a certain T-shirt or make the equipment guy sew a small piece of their old jersey into their new one. That's from Ooh. George. Now, you, uh, I know we mentioned Michael Jordan. He has to wear his mm. Tar Heel shorts underneath his bull shorts when he played. That was his yep. thing. But how is this? This has got to be the weirdest one I think I've ever heard of. Jason Terry... His superstition was every night before a game, he had to sleep in his opponent's shorts, right? And they couldn't be like ones you could just go and buy from the NBA store. They had to be game-worn shorts. So apparently he's got connections all over the league uh, with equipment managers and all this, and he always manages to get an old pair of shorts from someone he's going up against the next day, and he sleeps in the shorts. Wow. Is that weird? That's weird, eh? That's super weird. That's 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 super weird. That is super weird. 
That is the weirdest one yet. Uh, Kieran, what do you got? Just a quick one before we shoot off. That just got my uh, my memory going. Yeah. So here it is. I think it was Karan Butler. Yeah, yep. it was. And they had to introduce a rule because before every game, he used to chew a straw. Yeah. And it always had to be from a gas station, the straw. <laughs> and so the NBA actually banned chewing straws before the game just because he was just doing it so often actually, that it was an addiction. Like, he couldn't he couldn't yeah, not chew straws every day. Karan Butler, actually, that was the second superstition he had banned. Did you know that? I did not. His first superstition was he'd get a two-litre bottle of Mountain Dew, sink half of it before a game and the other half at half time. Do you think that's where the straws thing came yeah, from? Yeah, the straws replaced the Mountain Dew. Yeah, he couldn't yeah, drink the Mountain Dew. The straws replaced the Mountain Dew. So that was the... All right. Yeah. I see your straw and I raise you one more. You <laughs> yeah. know Benson, the guy who got uh, kicked uh, in the MMA fighter, he, would go, he got kicked by uh, Anthony Pettis with that kick off the side of the cage, smack yeah. him in the face, Benson Henderson, I think. He would fight with a toothpick in his mouth. How does he get away with for that? Like, yeah, no, he did that for seasons until they realised, and then they called him, you know, slow-mo, and then they yeah. you've got to take that out. Yeah. But a toothpick in an MMA fight, and he was in the UFC. That's wow. insane. that is insane. Good way to, to choke yourself to death after getting kicked in the face, uh, I would suggest. <laughs> hey, uh, we're running a little bit uh, late uh, for news, so let's get there. Karen's here with uh, news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Breakfast, Baz and Izzy, of course, away. you got Mitch McClendigan, Ricardo Ball with you. Uh, uh, if you missed it in the news, South Africa's Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu, very famous for his uh, movement in the anti-apartheid region of things, has passed away at the age of 90. Has uh, been shocked and disbelief in a southeast Auckland community after a homicide investigation got underway. An incident in a house in Flatbush that um, had a man sur- surrendering to police after six hours of negotiations. And police and Mountain Safety Council officials are asking people to make sure they're prepared when heading outdoors. Campers and trampers are urged to take a distress beacon and stick to COVID-19 restrictions. In sport, Aussie are a step closer to retaining the Ashes after Pat Cummins helped roll a hapless England for 185 in his first test as captain. Closer to home in the men's Super Smash. Hamish Rutherford blasted 62 of 48 last night but the Otago Vaults fell short in their run chase against the Canterbury Kings and uh, if you missed it, uh, no Adam Milne today for the Central Stags against the Auckland Aces as well. Uh, now your uh, choices flooring poll uh, that we do every Monday and uh, Friday as well. The choices flooring poll today uh, was what uh, were you watching on Boxing Day and uh, the choices were the Ashes, the Boxing Day races, the kids or the barbecue. Uh, well, it's got another 22 hours left, but uh, after an hour, here are your results. Leading the way, the Ashes with 39.3% of the vote, followed by the Boxing Day races with 32.1% of the vote. The kids and barbecue, uh, they, they're a dead heat. They're a photo finish at 14.3% of the vote. So uh, the kids running amuck around the country by the sounds of things. If the uh, choices of flooring polls, anything to go by? Well, hopefully there was some good barbecue safety uh, put into play there. Yeah, very much so. so very <laughs> they good. Seem, they, seem, uh, they seem very even, those two. Yeah. So, yeah so not watching the kids watching on the Barbie. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Maybe the kids are running the Barbie. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, get hope, start them early. Start them early, you know. Yeah. Once Love they get to about barbecue. 12, 13, they should be all right, eh? <laughs> Too right. Too right. Yeah. Too right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be good. Should be good. Nothing, nothing better than a good steak, is it? No, mate. Nothing better. And, you know, the. I saw somebody uh, actually talking the other day about it on social media about a guy who had done this aged steak 
and he cooked it for, I don't know if it was a girlfriend or a friend that had oh, come yeah. over, uh, and it was beautifully medium rare. You know, you cut it, mm. it's pink, it's, you know, juices are flowing. Oh, I've and, got some pink steaks to show you after this. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, the person that he had cooked it for was like, oh, no, can you throw it back on? I no. want it cooked all the way through. No. And uh, he refused to serve it to her. He's like, no. Nah, Good. No. Nah, End you, of date. You're not, you're not. You're not enjoying this properly. You don't know what you're doing. So so you're gone. You're gone, Burger. I'm very fortunate. My uh, wife likes the same same uh, like medium medium yeah. rare, so uh, pretty lucky on that front. But, yeah, yeah mum, mum loves loves her stuff well, well done. And yeah, really? Yeah, I don't get it. No, I don't yeah. get it. Strange. See, very, so you, you lose all the flavour. Yeah, all and of it, it. And it becomes really chewy as well. Mm, and those people who don't enjoy the fat, fat's where the flavour is, people. Exactly. Fats with the flavour. And that's that's why it's always good, I find, to get a scotch fillet over a sirloin because the scotch fillet's got that much more, more veins of yeah. fat running through mm, it, so mm. you get more flavour. Good. Yeah, and if you are going to miss the fat, cut it off after. Yeah. Don't cut it off before you cook. No. no Just you, wasting good meat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for more barbecue tips, <laughs> uh, yeah, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, uh, Mitch McClinigan. Uh, uh, now, Mitch, uh, you... Um, and, you know, when you're when you're not uh, frightening people by by running in uh, twenty yards and, and trying to knock people's blocks off, um, you you run a gym or you run mm. a couple of gyms. Yeah. Uh, this time of year, of course, I mean the lead up is everything. Like people getting their beach bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, we missed this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this time of year, what's happening at gyms? So, what do you, are you do? You still have those hardcores coming in? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're shut. You're shut. Yeah, we're actually shut. Oh, right. So uh, no. So you don't. Nah. No, no. I mean, um, it's been a pretty tough year for everyone, and then uh, all our staff wanted to go on holiday at the same time. So, <laughs> so you went, oh, we'll sort it. Uh, no, look, it'll be a nice little refresh. Um, you know, people got in and came came back into it. So I think a lot, like uh, Paul said, uh, a lot of people are leaving the city so um, and actually extending themselves a month away from Auckland. Um, rightfully so. It's been bloody tough, isn't it? So, yeah, so. you know, no, so we're shut for a couple of weeks. And um, so that means and, if you want to work out, you've got to hold gym to yourself. Mate, it's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. I actually um, took the wife in yesterday. Uh, yeah. We did a little session together with the baby lying down on the down on the track. So yeah, she was she was happy as. Yeah, away you go. Yeah, away we go. Yeah, wife gets workout in, so she's happy as as well. So that's nah, that's nah, all right, mate. That's so good. I think most people are doing long, nice long strolls on the beach. Mate, long strolls are where it's at. Honestly, I went for a walk the other day. We got a, na- a native bush walking track not far from me in Teatatu. Mm. They've, they've replanted all the Teatatu Peninsula and they've reclaimed a lot of it because it used to be swamp and they've reclaimed it with a lot of native bir- uh, native bush and they've int- reintroduced native birds and stuff down there. You can go from my place and do a round trip on those tracks for about 10k. And in that time, like I, I kind of wear one of those monitors. It tells you, oh, yeah. I burn about 1,800 calories. 1,800? Yeah. Are you looking at kilojoules? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, explain that to me. Why would I look at kilojoules versus calories? Oh, kilojoules is what comes up on your watch. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is a my zone. You know those my oh, zone yeah. belts? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it actually gives you calories. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. So it gives you calories, heartbeat. Beautiful. How hard you've worked and something yeah. else. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we have a little points board at the back of our gym yeah. uh, where people wear those heart monitors. Yeah. Um, and that comes up with like a ranking at the end. And, and we've found a few people have put their age and weight a lot higher when they register just so they can end up on the top oh, of the. I see. Yeah. So there's a few disgruntled members. We get the odd email. You know, it's all got to be fair, doesn't it? It does. You know, but people, fair play. They found the way to 
rot the system, so make themselves feel good. That's what it's all about. Yeah, they're still 180 kgs and 66 years old. But. And looking fighting yeah, fit like they could be in an episode of Baywatch. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, 20 away from 10 here on SENZ Breakfast. When we come back, Frankie Mackay's going to join us. Uh, she plays for the Canterbury Magicians, of course, uh, and is also a commentator in the Super Smash. It's a quarter to ten here on SENZ. Uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Of course, no Baz, no Izzy, but you do have Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you. And joining us to talk uh, cricket now is Frankie McKay from the uh, Canterbury Magicians and the White Ferns as well. How are you doing, Frankie? I'm well. How are you? How are you going this morning? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you had a, had a had a black yesterday on uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, didn't maybe go your way, but that Sparks team's on fire at the moment, aren't they? Five from five. Yeah, look, they're pretty impressive, that's for sure. And we did a lot of good stuff, but just, yeah, couldn't couldn't quite keep the pace on a nice sunny boxing day. And no uh, after-match fireworks uh, like last year, Katie? Uh, when Katie came out fired up, Frankie? <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. It was all... It was all pretty tame. Everyone had obviously had a nice Christmas, and the Southern Derby didn't give uh, didn't give too many fireworks. That's for sure. Well, we got Craig on the show a little bit later on, so you can text me through anything you want to bring up um, if you want to instigate something before the next match with them. I see you've got a little period of time without a game. I guess you're, you're taking on the Central Stags, uh, pretty much a must win for you guys. Yeah, that's pretty much the stage we've got to. Unfortunately, never nice halfway through the competition to be sitting down saying, "Yeah, it's pretty much a must win from now," but. Yeah, I guess if results go your way, you might sneak into that top three with, with six wins next to your name, but I would say likely needing to be seven. So, yeah, it's must win territory from now, and, yeah, we've got to find a way to actually try and start playing some good cricket. You haven't been playing terrible. I guess I guess you're up there in the wicket tally. Uh, I guess losing someone like Cape Ibrahim um, and to the Sparks is obviously a massive loss for you guys. She's on top of the, the wicket list at the minute. Yeah, huge. I mean, she... We knew that it was going to be tough trying to replace her in the, in the off-season. And, and I guess someone with all-round capabilities and, and having played for 10, 12 years of domestic cricket, you're almost losing two players. She can almost fill a bowling role in a, in a top-order batting role. So that's always tricky as well. And, and I guess we've just been trying to find our feet a little bit. We've, we've lost Debbie Sullivan, who was one of our leading wicket-takers as well last year. She's out, with, unfortunately, with a back stress fracture. So she's going to miss the whole season. And we haven't had the services of um, Leah to her, who's bowling either. So it's been a little bit of a change. But, I mean, with that, it comes good opportunities for, for some of the youngsters to have a good crack at things, for some people's roles to change a little bit. And it's been pretty pleasing to see how some of those players have gone. But, yeah, a, a bit of a step up in performance needed for the next few games. Yeah, absolutely right around opportunities. Um, it's a great little opportunity for a lot of people, and leading, particularly leading into the Women's World Cup uh, starting in uh, March next year. Uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. First time in 20 years having a back here. You, you would have uh, watched the, that 2000 win uh, multiple times, I'm sure. Uh, pretty exciting time. Is there anyone in the Super Smash at the minute uh, who you think could be a, an outside chance of making that side? Oh, there's always, I think that's the that's the talk of the town at the moment, who's going to be the bolter. I think every World Cup team you see, there's always one name that maybe causes a little bit of head scratching. But yeah, there's there's so many young, talented players around that it's actually a little bit frightening. And, and maybe it's a little too early this time around for some of them. But I mean, you look at someone like a Georgia Plummer um, from mm. Wellington, she's, you know, 17 and promoted up the top of the order and, and whacking teams around. And you know, <laughs> that's pretty exciting to see. You've got Molly Penfold, who's just a teenager herself, and she's She's out there bowling almost as close as Leah to who who. So those are probably a couple of names that, that really stand out and, and they've been putting some pretty good performances on the board to go with it. 
Yeah, we're a big fan of Molly. I think uh, I think she used to be babysat sat by my uh, wife's family actually. So and she's a good Hauk Pakaranga girl. So no, that's exciting. Um, so we're in we're in that camp for sure. Uh, Rachel Priest, you know, is is the door uh, shut for her to come back? I think she's struggling, but based on the fact that she's not going to play any cricket in New Zealand, I think that makes it a little bit tough. Uh, we're probably not quite at the same scale as the Black Caps that, mm. are, that are able to pick from other competitions. It's nice to have to have eyes on and to be able to have them in your environment. And, and I guess the way that the, the winter and leading into the summer's work, there's been lots of camps, so there's been lots of time hands-on, you know, going into camp, spending five, seven days together every, it feels like every few weeks, which is, which is awesome, but I think it'd be really hard for someone uh, outside of that group at the moment uh, to, to come into reckoning, but I'm absolutely not a selector, so I would never say never. She's a, she's a wonderful player and has been for a long time, and she's still over in Aussie tearing it up over there. So, yeah, you'd never say the door's fully shut, but I'd say it's, it's probably getting pretty close to, to being that way. And uh, I, what are your chances, Frankie? I mean, you're still playing some great cricket. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to you'd like to think you're there or thereabouts. It's, yeah, it's always a bit of a tough one. It, it probably depends on how many spinners they want to take and, and what kind of batting role that, that you end up looking to fill in that team as well. So, yeah, I, I think I'm a chance. I think, personally, I think I'd be a really good 15th person to take. I think I can fill pretty much any role in a team and have got a reasonably good, calm old head on me to, to help some of the younger girls out. But, yeah, you never know what they're, what they're after, so it's just go out there play some good cricket, it would be pretty special to be involved in a in a home World Cup. I mean, I can remember that was probably my first taste of women's cricket and seeing women's cricket on TV was, was 20 years ago, that World Cup, and that was a little bit of the, the light bulb moment for me, thinking, yep, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be like these girls. So it would be pretty cool 20 years later to have a crack at doing that yourself and, and maybe being part of another young kid's story in 20 years' time. They're talking about when they saw you play cricket and wanted to get involved. So, yeah, it would be pretty special, that's for sure. Hey, Frankie, Ricardo here. Um, we've been talking throughout the day about players having superstitions and things that they have to do before, whether it's they go on the field or they go out to bat or or whatever it happens to be. Are you a, a player with a superstition? Is there something that you need to do before you go out to bat or before you bowl a delivery? Uh, yeah, I'm reasonably superstitious, and I think I've probably mellowed as I've got a little bit older as well with some of that stuff, trying to... Uh, yeah, control the stuff you can control and, and not be put off when when little things in the routines don't quite go to plan. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I've got my certain socks for batting, socks for bowling, I've got my lucky underwear and sports bra. Um, you know, left pad goes on first. I've got a few little superstitious things that I have to do around the crease and how I mark centre and stuff like that. And yeah, so I'm a little bit a little bit like that. Eat the same breakfast every time I play cricket. So You just said a little bit. Fun. That sounds like a lot, Frankie. I was going to say, that sounds, <laughs> that's, you know, a, the that's a strong the, list. The, the way you, you, put, you, you put your gear on and then the way that you mark the cricket, that almost sounded like a ritual. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. I think it's just yeah. nice to, once you've got stuff like that, it's almost, those are your little cues that it's, that it's game time, that it's time to switch in. So if you do them long enough and you kind of get these little mental cues that go with that, it's, it almost turns from being superstition to those little, right, we're ready to go, we're fully focused and cricket's about to start. Yeah, so it's almost scientific in a way. It's, it's ticking off the things you need to be to be in the right headspace, to be in the right position. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think anything you can do to trick yourself a little bit in cricket that things are going to go your way, I think that's a positive as well. It can be a bit of a, a cruel game at times. So, yeah, if, if you feel like you're going to have a little bit of luck on your side or a little bit of goodwill from the cricket gods, then... 
especially batters, I think we tend to do everything in our power to make sure we get the rubber degree. Nice, nice. Good stuff, Frankie. Hey, listen, thanks for giving us some time, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you uh, get a little bit of time out uh, and uh, some time with the fam, and we'll uh, catch up with you again soon, eh? Uh, awesome. Great to talk to you guys. Cheers. Thanks very much, Frankie McKay there from the Canterbury Magicians uh, talking and, of course, part of the commentary team for uh, the Dream 11 Super Smash as well. We'll be back with news and sport not too far away. I love this song, eh? It gets you in the mood straight away. You just want to start throwing one-twos, Mitch. Throwing one-twos. Music's been uh, good. <laughs> the boys are the boys are in. Boys are yeah, in. Yeah, the boy the boys are about. <laughs> they're all over it. Look at that. That's been your training during lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah, old boxing. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of bo- yeah. I'm boxing today at one actually. So. Yeah, the boys four men are good. Yeah, that's not bad. Probably, uh, yeah, they're probably a bit susceptible up the middle actually. To be fair, they, you know, uh, I, th- I think I think you'd be looking for the uppercut. I think you'd definitely <laughs> be setting them up for the uppercut. You, you, you'd, you'd walk them onto something. Ooh. I think oh, wow. the windmill. Yeah, Brian, Brian's going to take a microphone out in a minute. Um, Way he's going, but uh, I actually saw there's a, a Twitter account. I have to find it and do it. But you know the the Rocky Four story when he goes to Moscow and fights Ivan Drago. This they did it like it was um, a day in history of an actual sporting event, and they basically told the story in tweets like it was oh in 1985 on Christmas Day this happened, and then they went through and told Brilliant. them. Yeah, it was really really well done. That's good. Yeah, it's too good. Let's see. We'll have to find that. Hey. Uh, and Kubota together, we are shaping and building New Zealand, and they bring us the news. Uh, Karen's with us now to give us that, and then in the next hour, uh, we're going to be talking some more cricket, and uh, we'll hear from Baz and Izzy as well. Fast 10 here on SENZ Breakfast. Normally Baz and Izzy for breakfast, but Ricardo Paul and Mitch McClinigan for breakfast. Uh, we're just sending Kieran out uh, to track down some McCafe coffees for us to get through uh, the last hour of, uh, of of breakfast. How are you holding up? Mitch, your first breakfast show ever? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah I actually had my McCafe uh, coffee on the way in. So, so are, yeah, are, are you ready for another? Can you do two a day? Yeah, let's give it a crack. Yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah. All right. Nice. So- nice. Kieran, Kieran knows, uh, knows the order. Uh, I'm I'm uh, extra shot milk no sugar you. Uh, I had a mochettino this morning. I was, I was a bit dusty. Okay. So, so you need so something I'll, with I'll a bit of sweet in it. I'll go. Yeah, I did this morning. Yeah. To get the sugars back up, but I'll, I'll go long black now. Long black. You Cheers got that Kezza? Okay. He's got the order. Okay. Legend. Good. 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 The McCafe order. Uh, thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, Craig Cumming joins us. Craig, have you got a coffee order while we're there, mate? Before Kieran shoots out. Is Craig there? You there, Mr. Cumming? I think we've got him now. You there, Craig? Yeah, got you now. Loud yeah. and clear. Okay, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Uh, how was your Christmas? How was your How was your Boxing Day, mate? You had a good one? Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah, really good. We um, I was in Wanaka on Christmas Day. Went, went through there for a couple of days before and drove back Christmas night. So had a lovely day out in the lake and the sun was shining. And then 
played yesterday, so um, it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty pretty easy to relax when you had four wins on the board. Uh, coming into Christmas now, you've got five, Craig. Outstanding. What's been the magic? I'm not sure, Mitch. Um, well, I do. I, I think um, you know, the girls have worked really hard, and um, last year I think everyone learned a huge amount, and even though we probably weren't being hugely successful when it came to winning, um, we put a lot of things in place that, you know, sometimes the scoreboard always doesn't tell the story, and, and even now when... You know, you are winning. Um, it's actually not about winning. We're trying to do a whole lot of things well and um, take a few things off. Sorry, I'm just about to grab my bag off the, the carousel. We need the airport, so I'll grab it now and start running. But, um, you know, we, we work really hard, and, and, and I think the game of cricket's quite simple. It's um, a time that can be complicated, but we've just tried to come up with a formula that works for us. And um, the other thing I've been trying to do with the girls and notice when I first got with them was um, build their confidence. You know, you know, it's uh, anything. If you get if you get beaten up enough, you you lose your confidence. And uh, this team is a very young side, and um, it's tough to know how have confidence if you haven't had success. So we just work really hard in doing that and trying to enjoy ourselves. Um, they, they play cricket because they enjoy their own company, and they play cricket because they have fun. And, uh, we've been working really hard on that, so hopefully it continues. Yeah, so I saw that last year firsthand, Craig. You've got um, a really good bond with with those those young girls in particular, and and using the the men's senior team as well. Like they they all get along, they all kind of share stories, share cricket stuff. Uh, uh, it's just a really nice environment. Was that was that something key to you to get those teams to come together a little bit more? Yeah, I was learning myself, Mitch. To be honest, I mean, you say it's it's changed from from even when I played because even now, like. I've just flown to Dunedin, but, you know, in a Super Smash, we, we mirror the bolts, and we do. We travel around together. We, we're on flights together and hotels together, and I think it's really important that uh, in this day and age that we are one. Um, and I think all the, the MAs do that. I think Canterbury worked hard on it, and Wellington have worked hard. So, yeah, it, it, it is important. Um, and then, I mean, the biggest thing, I think, for the, for the girls is not to feel intimidated by the boys. Um, and I don't mean that respectfully because the bolts aren't arrogant or anything like that. It's they play cricket and they they play cricket for a living and it's their job. Whereas for for our girls, they are young. I mean, we've got eighteen and nineteen year olds, um, and they look at the, the the boys and probably see them uh, as, as as their careers and they work really hard. But um, you know, we we try and yeah, we try and do that. And um, you know, they had a they had a good time in Napier. I think they went out and had a few drinks. I I went and uh, got on a flight, but. You know, just making sure they enjoy each other's company, and um, you know we're really proud to represent our province, uh, and that's really important. And, and the next shows when with your relationships you have with each other. Craig, I mean, given that you know, it sounds like the Volts and the Sparks work very closely together, as you've mentioned there. How much um, is there working across the teams? You know, some, I, I look at somebody like a Hamish Rutherford with all the experience he's got, having played county cricket in the UK, obviously been an international for a period of time as well. I mean, is that as a coach of the Sparks, someone you can tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, mate, can you come and have a chat to our openers and maybe uh, do a session with them?" Uh, do you do you work that way as well? Uh, not really, um, and probably more so because you don't have the time. Mm. Um, and also, um, you know, you would like to, I mean, what I've learned is that the women's game, it's quite a bit different, and, and I don't mean, again, it's, when I say different, it, it's getting to understand what's important. And even though Hamish has played so much cricket or just sat on the plane with Neil Broom, um, who's played, you know, so much in, for 20 years, and 
Um, but they actually probably don't actually understand the game of cricket. Uh, the area they could probably help in is in the preparation. Um, and if we had time to spend um, talking about that, that would be where you'd go um, and use their experience and what they do to prepare. Because uh, the, the area I probably noticed the most when I first um, took over from Sparks was um, the girls played the game, but they didn't really know how to prepare and they didn't know what they were doing in their preparations. Um, and that was because we had a really young group. We think girls playing from the age of 15 and 16, which is mm. just ridiculous. Um, and, and now what they do is, like today, is a good example. I've just flown to the league because um, I've got to pick up my car and drive to Queenstown, but the girls have already arranged that when they get to the to the airport in Christchurch, they're going to have their batting and bowling meetings. Um, they're going to review yesterday, and then they're going to prepare for Wellington tomorrow. Um, then we're going to go to the ground. Uh, later today, we'll have a bit of a bat and bowl. They'll just talk to each other, and I'll present what they've talked about, and not in too much detail. They're not they're not going overboard, hmm. but they're just going to go and do that, and, and then they're going to train the way that they want to play tomorrow. So to me, that's a huge, you know, a stepping stone. We've, we've made huge advancements, and as I've always said to them, I actually don't care what their plans are. Um, as, as long, long as they've got, got one. Them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they've got them in, you know, it's like Mitchum. Um, everyone buys into it. Um, everyone's, you know, is on board with what the plans are. Mm. And then if we get them slightly wrong, what you do is you review it. You just alter them for the next time. And if they're doing that, um, that's all I can ask for them. And the next part is trying to execute. It's not always going to go well. I mean, we're five from five. Um, but I can tell you, we're going to lose a game. Uh, the reality <laughs> is you're not going to go through it. You're not going to go through unbeaten. Um, we might lose a couple of games. But again, as long as we've got our plans and we're trying to execute them, that's all you can ask. And, and I'm really proud of the group and the way they're, they're working in that area. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm there for them. This is not about me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching the Sparks because, I mean, I've still got a full-time job um, because I want to see them develop and enjoy their cricket. And at the moment, they're doing that, and that makes me really proud of them. Yeah, I've seen that passion firsthand as well, Craig. You're definitely making a big difference to that side. Um, you must be stoked with how Eden's going as well, and and obviously adding Kate to that side. Uh, just just a stronger bowling lineup from from what we had out there last year. Yeah, I mean, again, our bowling attack. I mean, Molly Lowe's just 18, Eden's just turned 20, Emma Black's 20, uh, and Sophie Aldershaw, who's actually. Uh, and someone who never thought she was going to play cricket like she is. She's a she's a big, tall, um, right-arm leg spinner who doesn't turn out like a leg. She bowls wrongins. She's 22. I mean, you throw Kate in the mix, that's a lot of experience. And at the moment, we, we've still got Hayley Jensen to come back, who's the quickest bowler in the country. Mm. But Eden, Eden has been outstanding, Mitch. I mean, she's she bowls the pace of a, of a man. Um, she bowls off-spin, but she's not a loopy off-spinner that you can get in a woman's game. She bowls... Beautiful, um, you know, beautiful pace. She gets that lovely curve away from the right hand and can turn it back. So, to me at the moment, she, you know, if you're going to pick a rookie for your, or a, a, you know, there's a smoky for the World Cup squad. Good, uh, this is what we like. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you should. Um, you know, yeah, she's just she's been outstanding. Mm. And she's been outstanding in the one day game as well. Um, she's a brilliant fielder. Um, she's got a great arm. Um, she can hit the ball. She's a, she's a little bit unorthodox at the batting at the moment, but she's, she certainly should be in the conversation for the World Cup because, you know, she's bowling that well. In my opinion, and I may be slightly biased, Mitch, as you know that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Craig, uh, you, you talked about, uh, you know, being five from five, and you've got a very young team as you if you just gone through there. Uh, I, as, as part of your job as coach, I guess, 
trying to manage that expectation uh, and so that the, the pressure of being unbeaten doesn't become something they focus on? Uh, yeah, but actually it's funny you use the word pressure because it's something we talk about a lot. And I mean, what I talk to them about is what is pressure. I mean, we've got a lot of girls in this team who have you know, been beaten up over a few years because they started so young. So they actually, to be honest with you, they, they sort of deal with winning and losing the same. They, they get in the change room, they, they get their food, they look after each other, they have fun. They, and But, I mean, some of them might not even know who are unbeaten because it's sort of... Um, it's one of the beauties of the side is, is that they don't actually get carried away one way or the other. Um, and, and that's what's really good about this group. And, um, you know, we're lucky we've got Susie, we've got Katie there mm. who can, can drive some things. But to be honest, they, they don't feel that pressure because they just play they, they play for the right reasons. Um, they having a good time. So I, I, yeah, they are. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, what, what is pressure? There, there's, there's no such thing as when you walk on a cricket ground there's no, the air doesn't change. There's, there's no more pressure from one day to the next. Pressure is actually what you create yourself. So, yeah, I mean, my job is to reinforce what they're there for. Um, but, again, they, they love playing the game. As we know, when we've played at times, you get you actually, you know, I was just looking at the vaults and they're doing it a bit tough. I've had a meeting this morning at the airport. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you've got to remember pressure is only what you create and, and, and the coach's job is to to release the pressure valve and, and just make sure you remember what you're doing it for and, and why. Um, and going out there and, um, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Well, you either get out, you get out for four, or you, you lose. Well, the sun's still going to shine. We've got to go so, and embrace right. that. So, you know, that, that's what I'm... I mean, and I've learned that from my own self, you know. The times that... You know, I wish at times I didn't care as much when I played because I think I played my best cricket later in my life and I stopped caring as much and just went out and tried to enjoy myself and that's what's really important to do with these girls. Well, um, look, mate, they've been off to a flyer so far and you're absolutely right. Um, pressure's, the only pressure is what you put on yourself. Um, it just looks like the vaults are just missing a, a tall left arm quick. <laughs> yeah, that's been mentioned. If um, Possibly a lefty. stuck in lockdown for a while before, you know, you know maybe... You know, could have been. I think there's a shirt with a number and with an MM on it. Yeah, I put my order. I put my order in last year for the kit, so you know, some spare kit down there. It's gonna be a big, big boy to fill that kit. I saw some of those posts on buddy when you're in lockdown, just doing weights and a few press ups and bench presses, Mitch. So, uh, yeah, you miss, mate. You miss, but nice to hear you on the radio, anyway. Oh, too right, mate. Hey, keep up the winning ways, mate. It's been outstanding to watch. It's been really good. And those girls, like you say, are coming on. Um, so I've been really enjoying it. And uh, it's nice to have have a foot in, in the camp and, and knowing and seeing these girls, how they were last year and what you've done to get them to where they are this year. Long may it continue, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And give us a call anytime you want to chat. Yeah, will do, Craig. Thanks very much, mate. Um, Craig, coming there with us, a coach of the Otago Sparks, and uh, talking about the way the Dream 11 Super Smash has been going. It sounds like it's been going pretty well. And he's developed a really good team culture by the sounds of so, in a yeah, very short period of time. Well, that, um, that comment he made about pressure mm. only coming from yourself, so true. So true. It's every sportsman who, who folds, like literally, would just be all this external stuff, thinking that. You've got to do this. It's no one cares. Like yeah. there's actually, and then you you get yourself wound up, and like next day they'll be on to watching another game, and you might if you play poorly, like you might cop it a little bit, but you're putting external pressure on that you don't need to. So, oh, internal pressure on that you don't need to. So, and that's a really really good point from Craig there, and it's good that he's he's getting that into those young girls' minds and their preparation nice and early.
Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, he's got such a young team. I mean, Susie's obviously going to be a great help on that Massively. front. She, she, she's effectively going to be the coach on the field, right? Yeah, 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 too, right. And then uh, you've got the Vault's uh, uh, wife, um, Kate. Yeah. Uh, so that was a package deal that came across from Canterbury. Yeah, uh, I don't know who's on bigger bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like at the minute, looks like at the minute, Kate, Kate Kate's probably earning her pay a yeah. little bit more, isn't she? So uh, she's been a huge addition, um, you know, and she'll be there come World Cup time um, for for uh, the White Ferns. So you know, she's a phenomenal player, and um, just having that extra senior player with Katie and, and Susie uh, bolsters that side immensely. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you talk about the pressure. And things and you know I don't really think about it, but I I was looking at the you know it's four and O versus five and O. Someone's O's got to go in that kind of chat that you would have if particularly if that was in the men's game, right? You know there, there would yeah. be all that. Yeah. I mean you would have been in that situation where there, there's yep. the externals and you know Mark Genty for example is writing about it and stuff, or you know whoever at the Herald or yeah. or whatever you know they're all talking about. It. I mean how much attention do you pay? And if you do pay attention to it, how do you compartmentalize it? Uh, yeah, she's tough. Um, depends what motivates you. Some guys will read it because it motivates them. Um, for myself, um, when people, my whole career is people pumping me up, you know, like I'd slack off. You know, it's almost yeah. one of those things like, and then you, then someone says something or like, growing up I had a, had a is now, now a mate of mine, um, kind of an under-19s basically turned around and says, that he thinks I'm, I didn't make the 19s side Auckland side, and I said, oh, why don't I make it? And I'd had a good couple of games, and he goes, oh, I think you're crap, and you'll never make it. And so for me, start of my career, like trying to, that was just my focus. I dropped swimming, dropped golf, just focused on cricket and said, no, I'm going to prove this bloke wrong. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, so so if you've got that kind of personality where people fire you up, then and that's what motivates you. But other guys get in that situation, they just fold, and they need the love and the cuddles. And there's a lot of guys at the minute who need a lot of love and cuddles so the external stuff um, gets to them a lot more. Um, so they need to take that internal pressure that they put on themselves off by, you know, saying, oh, it's just a game. It's, uh, you know, go out and play my style, my way, um, because the external stuff seems to get to them a bit more. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? I, I, um, I guess had a little peek at that. I worked um, with Simon Dool for a while uh, at another radio station, we used to, and we used to have these getaway things where we'd go and do something and it was always a bit competitive and you know uh that would be 10 pin bowling we'd go 10 pin bowling for the day all right and you you'd bowl you'd bowl three three games each or whatever and then the top four or whatever would go into the final and there was a trophy you know and all that and the guy who was the boss was really not a bad sportsman Mm. not a bad sportsman all decent cricketer and things like that but super like he would he would always uh, the the qualifying he always top qualifying, top qualifying, top qualifying, best scores, best yeah. scores, best scores. Dooley would just mosey through, not really pay that much attention, not really yeah. look like he was bothered. Scrape in, you know, qualify third or fourth for the yeah. final. <laughs> and then in the final, just absolutely obliterate him. Obliterate him. But he was great at being, oh, you know, you've been you've been bowling really well today, Brad. I mean, you keep this up. I'm going to, you know, you, oh, you know, that trophy's all yours. Yeah. You know, and just <laughs> yeah. that little. Just under the skin. Just, uh, you know, yeah. not, nothing nasty, but just stuff that, you know, for a professional sports guy, he completely knew how mm. everyone ticked and could just do that, you know. Well, that's what happened during that 2015 World Cup. So, 
you know, or probably yarn about that at some other point, but Baz would have some good stories. I imagine he yeah. would. I imagine he would with the Aussies. Yeah. Boy, they know how to banter, don't they? Uh, it's 20 past 10 here on SENZ uh, Breakfast. It is uh, Mitch and Ricardo with you in for Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. This is SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Ricardo Paul and Mitch McLennigan in for Baz and Izzy for you. Our Kennard's Higher phone line is open 0800 150 811. If you want to give us a call on anything or you can text us double eight double three. We're talking about, uh, you know, guys handling pressure. And I don't know that there's uh, any bigger pressure situation than Formula One where it's mm. all on one guy, you know. I mean, I know he's got the team, he's got the mechanics and that, but he's the one that making the decisions. A story coming out. They reckon Lewis Hamilton might quit, but I don't. I don't understand how he would quit now, given he's just lost the world title in the last race to a controversial call from Formula One officials, and he's tied on seven with Schumacher all time. One wins, one more. He's outright. I mean, Mitch, you know what sportsmen are like. You're that close. You're not quitting now, are you? Yeah, there's got to be something on the line, doesn't it, Ricardo? Yeah. There has to be something on the line. I know there's been some tensions uh, with the F1 uh, organisation this year, um, some pretty inconsistent calls throughout the season. Uh, so maybe it's a play just to, you know, against F1, saying, oh, you might lose your big fish, mm. uh, unless there's a few changes coming into the next season. Well, I mean, to be honest, that wouldn't be the worst thing. The problem is, if that's the case... Uh, Lewis Hamilton has benefited from more of those bad calls than he's suffered. You know what I mean? It's like uh, the amount of times that Max Verstappen has been given penalties or dropped down, um, you know, from pole down mm. down positions and things versus Lewis is crazy. I mean, there was, uh, I know there was one time that uh, Lewis shunted him off the track, right? And he he went off the track and managed to keep it together. And he had had the right of way, and he had the track mm. position, and he managed. He went off track and managed to keep it together and get back on track. And they penalised him for benefiting from being off track, even though he was shunted by Hamilton and Hamilton caused it, <laughs> and nothing happened to Hamilton. And you're like, how does that work? So you reckon he's taking one for the whole team as opposed for himself? Yeah, maybe. It doesn't sound super Lewis Hamilton, does it? Doesn't, it? No, it doesn't sound <laughs> like Lewis Hamilton at all to me. Mind you, he's a knight now. Might be, might have changed. Oh, maybe. Hey? Maybe yeah, Sir, Lewis. Sir, Sir Lewis. Yep. Sir Lewis, yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys... In terms of the pressure that they deal with, is, it must, must be next level. I mean, how much stuff were you doing in your career, not so much to do with, uh, you know, focus on games and things, but just because you're constantly under pressure, dealing with keeping your mind fresh and, you know, from a mental health perspective? Um, I'm not going to lie, mental health's tough. Yeah. Like, super tough. Um, because you are always in the spotlight. There's always someone who's got a comment, um, something like we were just talking about. Um, but for me, it got to preparation, like Craig's talking about. Was talking about um, the more prepared I was, the quieter my mind was when it came to game time. So it was the times when I wasn't prepared yeah. uh, were the times that I felt the pressure the most. Yeah, interesting, because you feel like what you're not entirely sure of what your execution is. 
Yeah, you just don't have a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then for me, I know, I know T20 game changes so much that I had to have two or three plans. So there's a whole lot of preparation. So I knew that A could happen and then if B happens, it might skip to D plan because that this play this play happens or they do this or something's changed. So there was a lot a lot of planning for me to get myself in the right mental state. Um, but that was the easiest way I found to deal with pressure because I knew the scenarios. I played them the night before in my head, um, the couple of days at training beforehand, and I knew exactly what scenario I was going to come up against. It sounds like uh, Tom Brady with his X's and O's book, you know, knowing all the plays. It yeah, seems like got, except got all... for far, 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 far less successful. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you don't eat avocado ice cream. That's what it is. Oh, that's That's it. the yeah. difference. Yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> uh, you can get us on the Kennard's Higher phone line 0800 150 811. This is Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball with you. For Baz and Izzy for breakfast, uh, here's Karen now uh, with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Sand in the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. Superstars, Izzy, and it's quite apt for our next guest, isn't it? It is, mate. He's an absolute champion. And this week it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And it's something we are very, very passionate about on the show because mental health is real and can raise its head at any stage, no matter who you are. One man who I have huge respect for is Nehi Milnaskara. He's been very vulnerable and open about his battles through ups and downs of a professional sports career and life too. But more than that, he's an absolute champion. I want to hear how Nuggie's going and if, if he's staying calm after his TikTok sensation. Good morning, Nehi. Good morning, my brother. Dagger. How are How are you? How are you, brother? Yeah, brother. Good, good, good. What in a bro? Um, nah, pumping, pumping this morning. What a absolute cracker. Right here in Wellington. So, um, nah, working up to some good weather, bro. So, yeah, bro. Nah, it's fizzing, fizzing. Nice. Have you, uh, yeah, bro. It's great to have you on the show. We're actually talking about uh, just before we get started the code crosshoppers and uh, you know successful ones. You were a successful one, successful one too. You had a little dabble into the league. And then come over and fired your trade into the rugby now, mate. Did you? What What did you find tough about um, transitioning from the league and rugby? Was there a big difference? Um, not oh, not too much, bro. I think the fact that I only spent two years playing league over in Aussie, so I was there in the under twenty yeah. setup, and um, didn't end up getting a contract after that for first grade. So I came home and just started playing club. Um, back in Palmy mm. and sort of worked my way up from there. So the transition wasn't um, too hard, I guess, compared to other boys that have probably played longer in league. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's been heaps of guns, bro, that have come over from league and, and killed it. So yeah, I probably haven't got the same yarns because I didn't spend as much time and didn't the kick on to play NRL and that. But um, now nah, the two years I did have, bro, was pretty cool. Nice, bro. Nice, bro. Love it. Love it. I reckon it, it developed your game and probably made you into the superstar you are today, that wax city that you're able to do on many, many <laughs> players. Um, hey, mate, uh, let's talk about it. It's Mental Health Awareness Week, and I know you're very, very passionate. It's something that you speak openly about it. Mate, um, what does this week mean to you? Well, not just this yeah, week. It's probably um, every day, isn't it? Yeah, bro. Like, um, I'm stoked that there is sort of weeks like this, but I think... Um, yeah, it needs to be something that's spoken about every minute of the day, every day, every week, you know. Um, yeah. But it's cool that there are weeks that we do spread that awareness and 
um, I guess, push the messages out around getting support and, and talking about struggles and, and vulnerability like that because I think, um, for me, bro, I think it's kind of just normalise those conversations, normalise mental health. Mm. Um, I'd love to get to a point in time when we don't actually say it's courageous or we, not, we don't say it's brave for people to speak out. It's, it's just normal and it's just the right thing yeah. to do. Um, mm. So yeah, we, we're getting there, bro. There's so much awesome campaigns and awesome people doing some incredible mahi in this space. Because, um, like you said in the intro, bro, it can rear its head at any time and um, it doesn't discriminate, bro. It affects anyone and everyone at, at some point in time. So the more we can continue to just keep speaking about our our struggles, but then also the ways that we sort of overcome them, bro. I think um, yeah, it definitely helps a lot of people out there. And so, t- tell us about your journey, bro. Tell us about your journey and how you're going at the moment, and and what made you come to this, like you know, this this awareness and being open about it, and and your own little little struggles. I've been open about mine, and um, you know, I'm just, you, you, like you said, it is the normal. We're all constantly struggling in our own separate ways. But tell us about your journey, my bro. Yeah, bro. So I think like a big shock for me was um, when I had my injuries. Um, back in 2016, they sort of snowballed into sort of three or four years of constant injuries. And I think yeah. what was the battle for me was just coming off the back of a mean year in 2015, like sort of playing super yeah. ABs and all that. I was riding this massive high, and then the following year, I was out for pretty much the whole season. And yeah. I think a big one for me was tying my, um, my self-worth my identity to being like a, a mean rugby player, like that gave me mm. all this joy and fulfillment and meaning. Um, and then when I wasn't able to do that, you know, I felt like crap and couldn't sort of understand what was going wrong. And I think that was sort mm. of the turning point or, or the catalyst for me understanding a bit more around my mental health and starting that journey around, um, you know, unpacking a lot of those uh, mindsets that I was in, how I was feeling. Um, how big of a role it could play on, I guess, everyday life, bro, because I was a egg to be around. Uh, my partner, my wife, can sort of speak to that. I didn't really want to be around the boys. I just kind of wanted to um, chill by myself and just sort of close off from the world. Um, yeah. Really find any joy in other things, bro. So for me to go through that sort of journey, um, yeah, it gave me a real good insight into why I think the way I do my feelings, um, and then also mm. reaching out and getting support around that, bro. So it's still, still on that journey, like definitely in a better space. Yeah. And I used all those sort of tough times as, as um, sort of beacon points to reflect on and, and help push through, not only for myself, but for others around me as well. Right, I love the honesty, and I know there'll be plenty of people at home that will be resonating to them. What you know, the struggles that they're probably going through. What are the tools, mate? What are the tools that helped you um, get through it and and get the confidence to be able to to be open about it? Because I love the honesty, man, and, and you you will be helping many many new people around the country. Um, bro, I think yeah, trying to understand for me that everyone isn't perfect. Um, mm. That you know, there's this whole. I don't know, stigma, um, stereotypes around 
judgment, um, and it's like we all, everyone has to have everything figured out. Everyone has to be mean, and I think it's yeah. amplified by in, in sports or high-performing circles because we we always got to be on. Um, every day when we're in the gym, you know, we sort of kind of push ourselves, um, get out onto the training paddock, and that's just from Monday to Friday. But the real um, time to go is, you know, that Saturday when when we play our games. Um, so trying to understand that giving our best effort and me what's helped me bro is understanding that no matter how good or how bad I played it doesn't really correlate to how I am as a human being um, yep. I'm out injured if I'm not selected for a team if I play a crap game it doesn't mean I'm a crap person mm. um, so that's sort of a, something that's helped me bro that understanding and that awareness and then also Having some good balance, um, tapping into all the amazing networks, support networks that I do have. Um, you know, my wife, my family, good supporting friend group, um, the boys around me. So I think, um, yeah, realizing I'm not alone. And it's funny, bro, because when I do open up and, and talk to you know other people about it, they, you know, going through the same thing. And it's kind of like yeah. this big veil, this big shield just drops down, bro, and then you kind of get into some. Um, yeah, bro, a lot of the time it's not even as big D&Ms, it's kind of you can actually have a bit of a laugh and go, oh, bro, I'm feeling that too. Oh, that's crazy. Mm. Yeah, this is what happened to me at that time and it doesn't turn into a big crime session, which is Katie Pye if that does, um, but it's more just the fact around far out, you know, we all go through these tough things and we all feel pretty similar in a way, like nobody's perfect, yeah. bro, we all sort of messed up or yeah, have our, all have our struggles in a, in a certain way. Mate, I love that honesty, and I no doubt know that you'll be helping many people out there. You've you've helped myself with your open and honesty, and there'll be plenty out there that are probably taking these messages on board. So I appreciate you for all that you're doing in the mental health awareness and, and the mental health area, and I hopefully we can just keep talking about it. Not just this week, talk about it every single day. Um, it's something we're real passionate on the show, bro. So thank you so much for, for joining us this morning, Nehi. Uh, too much, Dagger. Um, love your mahi too, brother. And I know you've been a massive, um, yeah, massive shoulder to, to lean on and, and speak to, bro. And I know you always got my back. And I think that's what um, is another message to drive out there, bro. Is there's always people that have our backs, um, as we've mm. got other people's backs. So remembering that, bro, and, and the good times and the bad times, and um, that'll help us through. So it's absolutely a pleasure, my bro. And um, yeah, man, Dagger. All the best, bro. Keep keep uh, keep going well on the field and keep going well off the field, bro. Love your work. Cheers, Nihi. Yeah, my bro.